this is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Lots to talk about. We got the Royal Rumble, Stardom, Nagoya, Super Wars, or whatever the hell they named Stardom, it. Stardom. I'm sorry. Uh, Su- Nagoya Supreme Fight. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, they, the Super Wars was like that run from at the end of last year. Yeah. Gotcha. Think, yeah, they switched it up. Yeah. And uh, I think there's some AW stuff in there, but uh, there's uh, there was some good stuff that was out there. There was a promotion that I think it has like a myriad of problems that we're going to explore. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like there, there's a lot to talk about. So we might as well get right to it. Yeah, uh, let's start with the top and then we'll go through it. So uh, WWE Royal Rumble 2022. Um general thoughts on it rich my my i'll go with i'll let you go first i'll let you go first general thoughts so overall i thought it was a largely i felt like there was a show that was coming right and they knew they had to do the royal rumble but like they didn't really have any ideas um that goes for the title matches that goes for the rumbles itself um they leaned on this forbidden door like talk amongst fans to get people excited about it and meanwhile anyone like could see nothing was happening the whole time um i thought the i thought it just stunk like as far as um getting people excited it was like a glaring example of when wwe does it wrong it feels like this um as far as the royal rumble matches i've seen people that were extremely hard on them um like they were some of the worst royal rumbles of all time don't get Mm -hmm. it wrong i think the neither of these were close to even good Right, right right but i do not want people to forget the fucking catastrophe that the 2015 Royal Rumble was the most damaging match in the modern history of WWE. Awful. Like it will never touch that. Like this was just run of the mill boring. You can see the shit coming from 50 miles away. Like I had one question, like what if this card, like, and I know it's fake, so um, whatever, but like, what if the matches were in a different order? Like, everything falls apart in that case. Like, it's 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 so stupid how they booked 
pretty much everything on the show. We're talking um, champions getting disqualified for kicking too much ass. We've got Becky Lynch and Dewdrop heel versus heel, like the crowd just sitting there in confusion while the signs are on fire. We have what what sim- symbolism we have when Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey both win Royal Rumbles and the WrestleMania sign promptly lights on fire afterward. Like, I think that says it all. <laughs> yeah, I um, I watched this show, um, you know, more or less like. Over twelve hours removed from watching um, Stardom's uh, be you know be pay per view like his anniversary show, but like you know they they have challenges for the red and, for red and white belts that are non threats. You know they're going to lose. Um, and I, I and I'm to be quite honest with you, like they're putting more effort into their anniversary show that's a B show. That everything is literally built towards getting to March 26th and 27th in back to back nights in Sumo Hall than it is for the the road to WrestleMania, the start of the road to WrestleMania, the biggest fucking event in in professional wrestling annually. Not nothing's even close. Nothing's even remotely close. And like it's just a it's just a thing where it's like, hey, um, maybe once upon a time, uh, I would have um. Maybe once by the time I would have been okay with this, as far as saying like, oh, you know, two star match, two and something, two and change star match here, two and change star match here. I got a, I got a really good, I got a good ass match between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, but I got a shitty finish, and you know, hopefully they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have a, they'll have a really good match, a rematch, whatever else, and. Uh, you know, my, I always have lower expectations compared to other people, uh, for Rumbles anyway. I think they're mostly crummy, res- crummy wrestling and outside of like a handful of things change the outcome bet- between it being a bad Rumble and what people consider, uh, a very good Rumble. So whatever. Um, but like, I've been spoiled too much by like some of the best wrestling I've ever seen over the last six years, like from New Japan and the Russell Kingdoms and the Dominions and the G1s to, um, NXT and the takeovers and, uh, you know, the, uh, that era from like 2018 through 2019, when it was a one hour show to, um, to, to stardom to AEW and their pay-per-views and, um, you know, their week to week shows like, like nah, man, pro- this ain't, this ain't, this ain't good enough. Like it wasn't, it wasn't pro- necessarily some terrible, awful, god awful show. I think it's a, I think it's a bad show compared to, um, the entire length of the show, but like you take it piece by piece, match by match, it's it's just an average, just a in the middle mid show. But that's not good enough if it's, if it's the second biggest show of promotions year. Like I'm telling, I is it, it has to it has to be better. It just has to. So for me, I, I yeah. just ugh, ugh. Yeah, and it's like they're pulling shit that other promotions would just get fucking crucified for. Like imagine ending an IWGP Championship match like that. Oh my god! Imagine that, that, ending that, 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 a title match on pay per view like that. Like would never happen. Like would never happen. This and it just flies like because of whatever. Um, Rich people get mad when you have a red or white belt match go to a thirty minute time limit draw where they beat the fuck out of each other. Am I wrong here? Like the, a draw would have been a superior option to to what they did. It would have um, been. But Shouts you know they don't do Joe, time limit first draws. First time in the chat, 
uh, my man Joe Saba said they booked a card full of heel versus heel matches. Who are the crowd supposed to cheer for? Um, Kreller says it's so hard to not make the Royal Rumble interesting. Yes, because it's it's supposed to be an all star game. You're supposed to be able to like find callback. All the callbacks are staring you in the face. The the entrances, the pairings, like that's what the Royal Rumble's about. It's not necessarily you're not looking for great wrestling or right. anything. Like you're looking for like, hey, how creative can they be you have all these tools and all these people you have fucking surprises you have the element of surprise you have uh the sports element to it like you ha- you can tell whatever story you want and they just c- came up you know with nothing essentially like um and then like the the women's rumble was just <laughs> like it had me considering that hey maybe we should just go back to one royal rumble a year I mean, it was it was not good, man. It was not good. Um, As Ti would say, substandard conditions. Yeah, it it was it was not good. Um, so I am right now trying to find. Yep, found it. So this is from uh, Finishell's uh, column where he was ranking all of the the best and worst uh, World Rumbles. And um, me personally, I um, he was writing like the ones he was ranking them himself, and then he had people give like uh, dissenting opinions or or uh, or p or basically you know basic contrary opinions of like why is this too low, why is it too high? So um, for me, he had me do the ninety eight one, and my basically my gist of it was it's like a um. These things, and I can't I, right now. I'm struggling to find it. I wish I could find get to um, the main one. All right, let's just continue talking about the the show, and then I'll find it eventually. So, so Bruce had a question. He said, "Would the women's Rumble have been better with the NXT women's talent in there instead of the nostalgia acts?" Not really. I don't I mean, think. Uh, as far as the work, yeah, maybe sure, but um, it is so. It's, it, it comes down to effort, right? Like, he's going, or Vince McMahon is going to want to do something with Nikki Bella or Michelle McCool or Brie Bella more than he is going to want to do something with Io Shirai. Um, as far as like for that one night, because to him, Io Shirai is not a, not a star. Even if she comes out and she gets to, be, she'll end up getting one of the biggest pops in the entire night because everyone respects her. Um, and everybody recognizes NXT. So, yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's just a major, uh, problem. Um, like Vince's idea of what's over isn't like actually in tune with what his crowd, uh, g- reacts to. And it's always been that fight and he's always going to win. And this is why you ended up with, um, people, um, in these, that's why he's with all these, all of his stars being heels right now. And then he gets to the biggest, second biggest show of the year. And it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? Like we have, ha- we have murdered the entire babyface roster in clubhouse, how, in SmackDown, hey, bring Seth back to uh, SmackDown. He just left Raw in November, and they have him feud with Roman Reigns while he's a fucking heel. He's a heel on Raw, but he's a, but he's a, a babyface while he's facing Reigns on SmackDown while he is being the jerk in the whole feud. It is it boggles the mind, and uh, and it's and it's um, I 
I, I, like ninety percent of the people in both matches were not over. So and the themes were just like they've been changing all these things out, and these they all just kind of hit you in the face. Like those themes are horrible that they have now. So they're not even filling the arena. So. I guess we should begin Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Um, Seth Rollins comes or Roman Reigns comes out first on the show. Um, gets a good reaction. Uh, of course, he's like one of the only people they react for because they've programmed it this way. Um, <laughs> who else would you want to cheer for? <laughs> like I was that's that's a big thing that I got while I was watching this. I was like, man, if I was some type of WWE zombie, of course you would be cheering for Roman Reigns right now. Everyone else is a geek. Um, then uh, speaking of geeks, Seth Rollins comes out. Um, they hit the shield music. So I was like, man, and the crowd like kind of pops. I think it's actually a creative and kind of clever moment. I was like, man, no one's actually gotten over using that music since 2014. Um, and then, you know, Seth is coming out there, comes through the crowd. Roman is furious, uh, spawned a couple memes uh, that I saw floating around that were pretty funny. Um, they get down to the ring. Uh, they're doing the introductions. They're doing all the mannerisms. Uh, or Seth is doing all his modern day mannerisms while wearing the shield outfit. And then it hits me. I'm like, oh, that shield SWAT uniform that they were wearing to kind of just make them look cool and all that. Like there was a geek hiding underneath that. And uh, and it was in disguise the whole time. So um, they start the match and I think the match is actually like pretty good. Like they were um, like getting the crowd pretty excited. Uh, Rollins was on him early uh, trying to put him away with the sling blades and um, the curb stomps and the crowd really bit on one of the early near falls spilled outside the ring. At one point, uh, Seth was really throwing Roman around until Roman turned around. Uh, I forgot which one of them got put through a table. I think it was Roman. He got power bombed through the table outside yes, the yes. ring. And they called it a, a shield bomb, I think. Something like that. Yes, a shield bomb. That should make, yeah, made me laugh. Um, yeah, but, you know, all in all, like, they, they started pretty much, you know, showing their normal chemistry they had, like, a couple years ago. These guys are older now than they were, like, five years ago having these matches. So the pace wasn't the fastest or anything. Um, Seth was, it was a funny thing. I like to mess with Rob sometimes. So like when I saw Seth doing those running dives through the ropes or whatever, I was like, uh, to let, you know, the Seth Rollins, I know where that, that, uh, outfit used to do the front flip over the top rope. Where's that? Right. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a, uh, you know, the match like started, you know, Breaking down from there, they were fighting for control. Reigns uh, ends up taking control, beats the shit out of him, chokes him out, basically makes him look like a geek. But there's a whole thing where Charles Robinson, some type of botch happens uh, where Seth Rollins' arm comes down on the rope, but Robinson makes sure his hand gets on the rope and Roman Reigns chokes his guy out, then doesn't release the hold and... Uh, Charles Robinson disqualifies him. So we're beginning uh, the Royal Rumble with a disqualification in the championship match. And Seth Rollins wins the match. But Roman Reigns then beats the shit out of him with a steel chair for about what seemed like a half hour. Just wailing on this guy. Yeah. Um, 
like you said, it's, that's pretty much the thing. I will add that like there was a very good uh, build up towards the near fall in the beginning of the match. Like they 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 had Rollins come out like a ball of fire and hit um, Roman with a million things, and then hit him with a curb stomp. Uh, I, I think they were trying to get you to, trying to invoke kind of like um, the WrestleMania 35 match in the opener. Yeah. Where like he got uh, brought the fuck out of there in like four minutes, five minutes, or whatever else, um, uh, so they could do the rematch at uh, SummerSlam, have the real match. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, I was like, people bit for it too, and I'm sitting there like, no, they're not about to be Roman Reigns in like three fucking minutes. Are you kidding me? Um, that'd be fucking fr- that'd be fucking ridiculous. So, um, but yeah, like as you mentioned, like. Uh, Getting the more, getting Roman more and more mad after he took his best shot, and then he slapped on a guillotine. And like after while he's doing it, like, um, listen to a review. I heard Jason Solomon say this, like, you know, Ro- or Seth showed up at SmackDown wearing a purple, uh, purple suit, with a purple shirt, and a green tie, and obviously it was to invoke, you know, um the Joker and he's playing mind games with Batman with Roman Reigns being Batman now. And, and I was thinking to myself, like that kind of sucks because like, you know, Batman is the hero. I was going to say, yeah, like, isn't it Roman and the Reigns one that we're cheering is, is in the one that we're supposed to be cheering is a Joker. Like, nah, man. And like, if anything, we go to go into the shield, uh, stuff like the person that was the Joker was Ambrose. That's why they were doing the, sh- the, the whole, the held hand, um, prom- the held uh, camera promo to invoke, you know, kind of the uh, the energy that was coming off of uh, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. So it's like, no, like you can't just like they yeah. they did a lot of stuff with with Seth and the Shield stuff that like is completely like is it something that's cool to do? But if you think for about it for like even half a second, you're like, no, I never forgave you. You get game like five million up, fucking times. You made, made up three or four times. Yes. Yeah. They like, had, um, how many reunions? Three, three reunions? Yeah. Until we were tired of them. It was so bad. Um, so they had, they had, um, people just losing their mind talking about long term booking when Roran's hitting him with the chair. I'm like, no. I was like, the person that he was beating the hell out of with the chair like that was fuck. He doesn't work for this promotion anymore. Right. So, like, right. Like, like, if he had hit him with one chair shot and then, and then, uh, Seth fell there and laid there for five minutes, that would have been, uh, what actually, that would have been actually what would have happened. Like, <laughs> Learn the like, difference between a callback and long term booking. Like this is what not what they were intending. Like yeah. when they broke up the shield, everybody yeah. that is on the internet doing such a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I mean, it was their best match of the night. Um. Says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know, like if they got an actual legitimate finish, we might be looking at four stars. We might have been looking at four stars, uh, but they gave you a terrible finish. Like when I when I originally. Um, when I originally saw that finish, I was like, "That is awful!" Like the ref put his fucking hand on the on the on the top on the rope to make the ropes, and then Roman, up a, a, a out of perfectly you know perfectly reasonable, was like, "Hey, fucking ref, you screwed me!" I'm, no, fuck that! I'm choking him out. I'm not letting go of this hold, and he DQ'd him. Imagine, but he but he definitely but he definitely went over the edge. He definitely went over the edge and snapped. He's like, no, he got screwed by the ref. Fire the ref. Uh, reprimand the ref. Beat up the ref. Women's Royal Rumble. This thing was abysmal. 
um just just sorriness everywhere a regression um a state of like seeing the people that they want to get started and having no confidence um this is why we got to be careful about words like influential and um you know legacy defining and um you know what (laughs) what are you even talking about so like with the influence stuff like you know like everyone talks about how influential sasha banks and bailey and the four horsewomen in general are yeah sure and they might be to like you know people that want to get started in this thing but like they have changed nothing like (laughs) about how this place works like what they're scouting they've they're you know you can just look at nxt and see what's coming down the pike and then see what they're bringing back and then it's just like it's bad really bad and standards are low because there are people that are that are ready to accept this with open arms um however i am not uh james you wrote out a pretty uh funny uh meme like breaking down the entrance of each rumble so uh, i don't know how you want to do this but maybe i can read the real name and then you can um you know to read off your status yeah let's do that let's do that for this woman's rumble then we'll go through the rumble uh okay let's do that uh so here's your here are your royal rumble women's um match participants number one sasha banks sasha banks number two melina retired number three tamina jag number four kelly kelly retired Number five, Leah. Young girl. Number six, Liv Morgan. Loser. Number seven, Queen Zelina. Loser. Number eight, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Number nine, Dana Brooke. Jag. Number ten, Michelle McCool. Retired. Number eleven, Sonya Deville. Authority figure. Number twelve, Natalia. Midcard vet. Number thirteen. Cameron. Fired. <laughs> Number 14, Naomi. Mid-card vet. Number 15, Carmella. Jag. Number 16, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Number 17, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Number 18, Ivory. 60. <laughs> Number whoa, 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 whoa. So let's stop here because I don't know whenever we're going to, whenever we're going to talk about Ivory again. Uh, as far as the show, hey man, that that's a that's that's a good looking sixty, and and apparently that sixty is actually really sixty three. Word is on the street that sixty is really sixty three. Really? Uh, yeah. Shouts um, out to Ivory. Yeah, shouts out to Ivory. Um, I, I've always liked Ivory. She was always a good promo. And she came out here, and she was a good promo again. And then she cut a backstage promo. She basically was thinking off the top of her head, and it was funny as hell. She needs to be on TV because she right now in this division be at worst the second best promo in the division, in that in that entire division. Bring her back at sixty. Sorry, as kayfabe sixty, shoot sixty three. Yo, yo, Bruce has uh, the female sting. Number 19, Brie Bella, Brie Mode. Retired. Number 20, Mickey James. Fired. 21, Alicia Fox. Fired. 
22, Nikki A.S.H. Mechanic. 23, Summer Ray. Retired. 24, Nikki Bella. Retired. 25, Sarah Logan. Fired. <laughs> Fired. Shit. 26, Lita. Retired. 27, Mighty Molly. Retired. 28, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. 29, Shotzi. Young girl. 30, Shayna Baszler. Gatekeeper. So, in in the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble, out of 30 participants, there was Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. Five people that you could actually be like, yeah, that person actually has even half a chance of winning. Yeah. Most Rumbles, is. most Rumbles, you know, it's it's like nine, eight. Yeah, lots of Jags, retired, um, you know, just, this is bad, man. Uh, no way around it. And then uh, Ronda wins. Yeah, no and I don't mean rate. this from a perspective of we're inside fans. We know who actually really has a chance. It's like a, if you're just watching the product and you and you see these people, you, you get the vibe of, like, from the pop they get, that kind of sort of thing, where, like, people actually believe in them where they can win. Like, there were years where, like, I know it's funny now, but, like, there were years probably, like, six years ago where, like, Dolph Ziggler hit the Rumble and, like, people actually, like, had some hope, like, you know, Final Four. He has had to win the Final Four. You look at some of these people and you're like, ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way. Zelina? Ain't no fucking way. No knock against her. She does what she can do. But they haven't done anything to get these people up. Naomi should be somebody that should always be a threat to win the Rumble. They've done nothing with her entire fucking career. Yeah. Um, and it's just like these people have been around like, you know, it's, yeah. it's bad. Um, and then, you know, you start talking about Ronda Rousey. I'm obviously not a fan of hers. Right. Um, I think she's possibly the most low effort wrestler going. I don't mean the work within the ring. I mean, just like her approach to the business and like, you know, just being awful as a character on Twitter, just selfish, completely has no idea of how this thing works, even though she's supposed to be a fan. Um, it just, well, remember I, we heard her feelings. So yeah, we heard her feelings, you know, um, you know, she's a make a wish wrestler. Like, as I've said several times, um, you know, she's, don't get it wrong. Like I'll, I'll never take away like the fact like she she had some good matches with Nia Jax. She had a good match with Charlotte before, but when it came down to it, I didn't think she had a concept of the business at all. Um, the worst thing to do is just come out here and be like, you know, it's fake. And like this wasn't stuff they were necessarily writing for her either. This is like, you know, her doing the Twitter stuff and the character stuff. Maybe this run won't bother me as much because I'm not actively reviewing it. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, by the time Ronda was gone last time, I never wanted to see her again in wrestling. And um, she came out. She looked pretty bad in the Royal Rumble. But, you know, I'm not going to hold it against her. So she's kind of just coming off the table, it looks like. So, uh, give her a couple more months. Maybe she'll get ready. And, you know, her and Charlotte should, you know, probably figure something out. But um, I mean, they had a great match at Survivor Series on a mail, you know, based on like a one week or probably a five day notice or whatever else um, in 2018. So, like, they, they've had a great match for if they go out there and, and don't live up to that standard, then, you know, what is that? Yeah. What, I mean, that, that ain't no good look for the future of what it could be for um, Ronda, because Ronda's going to be around doing matches uh, for like a full year at least. 
Yeah, I, I think she's a <clears throat> like she's pretty whiny. She's a baby in you know a lot of different cases and peak white woman, as I've said, peak spoiled white woman. And it's just like I'm not. It doesn't move me over here. Like, but you know they brought her back. Uh, she did get a, get a nice pop when she came out. She did. Just I think uh, people actually were surprised to see her, but I feel like that is. Uh, going away quickly yeah so um it, but as far as this match like it will we're probably like by the time they threw out sasha uh before they could get to i believe it was bianca at eight i was like oh tell them why tell, tell them lord oh well if they do the showdown that you remember about like how you got screwed out of that match at SummerSlam and you never you're never getting that match again can't have that and then um, Bianca Belair doesn't win this match. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, and James, uh, I actually feel good about the tweet now either way, because it doesn't change if they do Bianca um, at, uh, you know, she didn't do anything. To, she didn't do anything to earn, to earn her way back into a match other than like just being all raw around a bunch of losers. She's like the less loser of all of them. Yeah, like, and then, like, it still doesn't change the fact that she was squashed at SummerSlam for no reason. Like, that yeah. was my, my primary point on it. And it's just like, you know, all these people that have carried this water now look at you, drown in it. Like, it's like you'll never be able to um, explain that one to me because we won't be, 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 getting, yeah, be getting that Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca rematch. And then Bianca beating Becky. I mean, cool, like whatever, but like it's to a way lesser uh, response, and you know, they've 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 fucked her up a lot, and then I think they've fucked Rhea up even more. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's bad. Like I, I imagine that Rhea is is going to be whoever comes out of WrestleMania with the title. She's going to be someone's like next title program. But it's like you 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 had this woman on ice for like a year. A year, like she finished second in the Rumble last year, and then uh, she was Raw champion because you had to take it off of Oscar because you had it for so long, and then like there's nothing to do when you win the title immediately. Well, well that, and then like she lost to Charlotte, and then they did, the, oh. and then they did the belt fl- uh, swip thing or Sh- belt belt flip thing. Charlotte also eliminated Rhea Ripley from this rumble just in case anybody thought anything had changed. Like, yep. no, it is Charlotte's personal mission in life to to let y'all know Rhea Ripley is not our level. Yep. 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 Incredible worker that Charlotte is. But it looks like a Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair program. Those promos are going to be abysmal. They're going to be expecting people to cheer Ronda Rousey. Uh, I think it's just going to go really bad. And I think, like, she's going to come off unlikable, like normal. And Charlotte's going to be like, well, you know, this is the match y'all like. And the reason this is happening is because promises were originally made. Uh, This was the match they always wanted to do. They didn't want Becky Lynch in it last time. Yeah. Um, Promises kept. The only thing I'm going to say to them is, like, if they they have half a brain, what they'll do is... Um, they'll just fight, like they'll just brawl everywhere, like very little talking in the next, I think it's seventy days, something like that, and just brawl, and pull apart, and like, 
because like them being physical with each other is going to make people want the match as opposed to them talking themselves out of it because like they'll talk themselves out of it because it it it'll, it won't take long for Ronda to flub a promo and lose her lose her her nerve and then like because that happened last time when she was actually in the groove of it so like getting back into it like it's going to be even harder um like. I could see the crowd getting all over her, and then like, and that's the thing for me. I was like, she's gonna get two return pops. She returned to Rumble, returned her first, uh, like, let's say first week back. And after that, it's an uphill battle because like she's gonna get herself less and less over. The more they're gonna have her go out there and expose herself as as a an un, a unlikable person. So um, it's be, it's best for them to do less talking and more physical activity to get to get people hyped to see them tear each other apart. And they're not really giving people the match they want to see. That too, yeah. So they're fighting if they even want to see Ronda back, like us, correct? Correct. Or like you, I I don't really don't care, but whatever. Right. Like so, whatever. Um, Up next, um, the WrestleMania sign caught on fire. Uh, so if it leaked on anybody, I hope you sue like (laughs) immediately. Um, they they get it to go out. But uh, we get Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. I thought they worked really hard. It just went on forever. And the crowd was distracted by the WrestleMania sign being on fire because why wouldn't they be? Um, and this was just, you know, they tried, but it, it was never going to get there. Yeah, um, I thought there was a lot of effort in this match. I thought that um, I thought that obviously the psychology is off because it's heel versus heel. So you so you know in that situation you either want to root for the title change or you root for the dynamics of the match. And the dynamics of the match is you have um, Dewdrop in there who's much bigger than Becky. So Becky's you know coming up with all these ways to try to put her away, but she's being thwarted by the power and the size difference. Uh, so ultimately, you know, after you know being put on roles for a while and um you know uh, Dewdrop I keep wanting to call her Viper or Piper. Um and Dewdrop ends up like, you know, uh crushing her in the corner with a with a cannonball um and stuff. Like she ends up on the she tries to go finish her up with I think like a Vader bomb and Becky gets up and hits her with a manhandle manhandle slam off the second rope and finish her. And so like I mean it was a lot of thought put into the match, but um uphill battle no one, no one b- believes for a second that the monster is going has a chance to win the, the belt. Um, she's also not over because they have done nothing to get her over. They named her fucking Dujah for for fuck's sake. Or she's not over. Um, and yeah, um, I, I just, I just want, I just want Dewdrop to be in stardom again. That's it's kind of, <laughs> it's just kind of it. Like, like Tony's out. Like I don't know when what what Tony is going to talk or what what she said to to uh, Dewdrop, but like. Y'all need to go get that Gaijin money. Y'all, y'all really do. They want you back. The fans want you back. They'll, you'll be utilized way better. Come home. <laughs> just, come, just come home. <laughs> like, the worldwide leader, I mean, that's cool, but, like, are you actually creatively fulfilled? It'd be one thing if, like, they were doing, you know, if she was doing something really cool or whatever else, and, like, yeah, she just did fight, you know, uh, or just have a match with, like, the most over woman in, in, um, in, in, uh, in the industry. That's cool, but it's, like, is it going to be a follow-up? Is it going to be a program? No, you were just the bum of the month, and, like, you're going to go right back into the pile of names. She was that Royal Rumble title match we always talk about. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, some type of There's always one that, like, kind of is a dud, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, then we got, uh, speaking of duds, uh, we've got Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, which like had an incredible video package ahead of time, even though they, they left some stuff out and lied and embellished about some stuff. Well, I mean, it's WWE. Look, saying Bobby Lashley came back and was like this killing machine. Stop playing. Like that man was out here bending over, um, on the, on the television. Double angle hold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't let them lie to you. Um, but <sighs> they get to it. They're they're throwing each other around. Uh, and I'm liking it. King's Road, you know, dangerous. <laughs> and then like I love their lockup. They just, just going at it two times. Yeah. Then Bobby decides, hey man, I can't be getting dropped on uh, the back of my head. So no I'm more. just Yeah, no more. Uh, I'ma just like put my my hand down and my shoulder down and it just starts getting all fucked up and it looks bad yeah. it's worse even i was but, concerned yeah like um he got to pop throw his shoulder bro- out the socket yeah he got to throw brock around a little bit um but then of course roman reigns comes out and decides to finish uh you know paul Heyman turns on brock lesnar whoa, 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 and- hold on play let's get let, okay so Brock throws one suplex. Bobby throws one, and it was brutal on on, on Brock. Brock was like, "That was a good one," but I'm still like not concerned. <laughs> so uh, then Brock proceeds to uh, German him a few times, and then you get to like you mentioned, um, he gets thrown in his head enough times where he starts saying, "Fuck that! I'd rather have my shoulder pop out the socket." Uh, so they end up out somehow. Uh, they end up outside the ring. Um, after Les, or Lashley gets an advantage, Lashley goes for a spear by the scorekeeper's table. Brock gets out of the way, um, and Lashley eats shit. Uh, they end up back in the ring, and Brock is giving them the business some more. Uh, Lashley somehow slaps on the, um, ends up getting slapping on the, uh, what do you call it, the, the hurt lot, the full Nelson, and Brock is selling it like crazy. He's selling it for like two fucking minutes. What? Uh, and then eventually he basically like pushes the ref into the corner. Ref gets bumped. Uh, or Lashley lets go of the hold. And then Brock gets him up. His one F five. So he gets visual. Uh, in F five, basically, uh, Lashley's feet clip out, clip the ref at so a second ref bump. And then um, he gets the visual pin. Brock does. And then Roman comes out. And, and there we go. Roman then. Uh, Spears Lesnar. He looks at Brock. I'm sorry, looks at Heyman, who's sitting at ringside, uh, who has the WWE title. He he asks for the title, and Heyman, who has uh, who misses his tribal chief, wants to be back in the warm embrace of his tribal chief. Gives the tribal chief the WWE title, and uh, Roman ends up hitting him with a belt shot, hitting Lesnar with a belt shot, and then he ends up throwing that fucking uh, Super Intercontinental title on the mat, because he don't give a fuck about it. Yep. <laughs> and, and then, and then Lash, and then uh, he gets out the ring, and then the ref comes too, and then Lashley comes too, and he covers he covers him after a belt shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it, because, it, because it could not be Bobby Lashley beating Brock Lesnar. It had to be Roman Reigns via che- uh, cheating to, uh, to beat him. Yes, like you know, a black wrestler beats beats uh, Lesnar straight up. Never. Um, so Bobby Lashley wins the mud belt, and 
like you look at that belt this past month, right? Like oh, that shit is in a five way changing hands. That shit is like getting fucking interfered on to, to switch it to basically that that Triple H you know title change or whatever. Um, you know where Triple H does the finish and then like tell someone else to pin him. This you know like the belt looks awful now. Like and if there was any doubt on what the real number one belt is. Wait, didn't um right there. when they did the four way right for the belt was vacated after uh after um SummerSlam 2016 when um when uh Finn uh separ- has separated his shoulder or whatever else right and it in it was an elimination match like didn't they eliminate Roman Reigns by having Triple H come out and hit him with pedigree and then they, and, yes. then, they, and then Seth covered him and didn't do nothing yes. he just covered him because he got hit with the pedigree. Yep, and then Ke- Kevin Owens, uh, or he, then he also pedigreed um, Seth, Rollins, right? And then, and then that's how uh, Triple H. That's how uh, Triple H made him his new guy. Correct. Well, not really, but you know. Well, it, that's what the story was. He's a corporate champion, and he should, you know. <sighs> he never appeared with Triple H again after no. that. <laughs> no, no, he never did. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, uh, I thought this was. I thought this sucked. And Lashley versus Lesley, it started so like promising. Uh, and then by the end, it was just like this entire company is just built around two guys. Everyone else is a fucking geek. It doesn't matter if they're wearing a belt. It doesn't matter if they get a little pop or anything. Everyone is in service of Roman Reigns, of Brock Lesnar. So you might as well just like realize. I, I wonder if I watched the promotion through the view of just Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, how I would enjoy it. And everyone else is just like, doesn't matter. I wonder how that would go. Oh no, man. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the match until the run in. I was like, once, once running happened, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, Oh, of course this is, this is what they do. Like they're you just have, they, they're dead set on doing uh Brock and Roman again. And like, after 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 what they've done together, it's like, why the fuck are you ever do this match again? Time so. is a flat circle, and they out of all these matches they've ever had against each other, they've only had one good match. Yeah, makes it interesting though. Like, will this one get hijacked as well? I don't know. I mean, uh, probably not, because people are past the point of like. <clears throat> and in that way and like it's I think just they've a, lost that fight at this point because like it doesn't like matter they've just you know I, I don't know I, I just think like it is what it is that people don't care there's no one else to even like want in the yeah. way now Brian Danielson's gone yeah so um yeah, just like who would care enough to rebel? Correct. Anyone who would care enough to rebel yeah. for is gone. Yeah, they, they they're watching AEW and they're like detached like we are. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's kind of More what I mean. As opposed excitement. to trying to fight the uh, trying to fight Vince McMahon is like look in in theory AEW's best thing ever happened because now like those fans that those those pesky unruly fans, you know, they, they don't watch the show no more. Yep, they can just go react the correct way, like yep. in you know another promotion. So. Um, after that, we got, uh, Miz and Maurice, uh, against Edge and Beth Phoenix. This stunk. 
on ice. Um, Maurice, however, 10 stars. I thought this match had a good layout for the stupid multiple hot tags built off of nobody being a heel or nobody being face. It's just, it's time to turn. So like we beat each other to a, to a tie and then we, we tag out at the same time. And then someone's a house of fire every time. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, at least Maurice had to, had the purse with a brick in it. I mean, uh, Oh, one, one thing I will note, uh, cause Murray sent this to me. Um, Mer- Ms. Marie sh- showed up and all red looking like they're member of members of Congo. <laughs> That's great. Yes. So put them next. Put them next to uh, Nakajima and put them next to Kino. So uh, you know, outside of that, outside of that, I really ain't got much for much for you. This match was just um, this went so long, and then it made me think that Edge was um, about to get a world title shot at some point. But uh, seeing the announcement tonight made me. Th- think otherwise because it feels like it's going to go title versus title now i thought they were going to do edge and lashley but nah um yes as joe said the aesthetics were pleasing they were (laughs) wow um yes so the royal rumble men's match we also have um a uh a chart for these guys as well so we'll get to that in a second but i actually found what i was going to talk about it actually is more appropriate because like there was less so of the of the returning old old timers, if you will, uh, and legends and Hall of Famers from the Fullman side, it was mostly just the actual roster, which is like, yo, this is really depleted. So, um, as I said, Finishel, um, he wrote this thing ranking the best um, Royal Rumbles of all time. This is back 2018, so obviously um, a lot of stuff is omitted over the last few years. But um, he had me uh, write about the. He he had like the '98 Royal Rumble like as like one of the, like the third worst Rumble ever, and I was like, nah, man, like they're I mean all them shits from the '80s mostly fucking suck. So <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not going for it. So uh, my my uh, opening of that to talk before I actually get to defending the the '98 Rumble, um, I I end up saying my thoughts on Rumble ma- my thoughts on Rumble my thoughts on Royal Rumble matches aside from about like eight or nine of them are that they're roughly all the same um, from a critical standpoint, trying to determine which edition of a match that's mostly just seven guys half assedly trying to dump out for other geeks clamp to the ropes until the most of the real stars show up is a fool's errand. Real talk. This thing is a showcase in Pavlovian science where the crowd counts down in anticipation of a learned reward, a big time debuting superstar or turning alum, a main eventer. So, uh, we go from there. Uh, like that lets you know kind of where I am on Rumbles. Like I, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like there are some like the ones that are really good. I'll be like, yeah, that's really good work. Like you know, 07, uh, 2008, 92. You know, I, I, I the ones that are really good. I, I, I will point out, but for the most part, most of these things are kind of the same. Uh, so, uh, Rich, you, you, you mentioned it. So let's go yep. through it about the um these rosters again. So, um. Yeah, Brock Lesnar loses the WWE title earlier in the night. Yeah, also yeah. let's keep that in mind. Number one, AJ Styles. Legacy Act. Wow. Number is, two. Is he going to be champion again? Right. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura. Legacy Act. Wow. Number three, Austin Theory. Young boy. Robert Roode, number four. 
Vet Tagger. Veteran Tagger. Number five, Ridge Holland. Young boy. Number six, Montez Ford. Top Tagger. Number seven, Damian Priest. Mid-card champ. Number eight, Sami Zayn. Mid-card vet. Number nine, Johnny Knoxville. Celebrity. <laughs> Number ten, Angelo Dawkins. Top Tagger. Number eleven, Omos. Giant. Number twelve, Ricochet. Mechanic. Number 13, Chad Gable. Young, er, mid-card tagger. Number 14, Dom Mysterio. Young boy. Could have wrote bum there, but that works as well. Um, (laughs) Number 15, Happy Corbin. Jag, just a guy. (laughs) Number 16, Dolph Ziggler. Vet tagger. Number 17, Seamus. Legacy act. Number 18, Rick Boogs. Young boy. Number 19, Madcap Moss. Young boy. Number 20, Matt Riddle. Top tagger. Number 21, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. I got excited when Drew came in. Same. Number 22, Kevin Owens. Legacy act. Am I wrong here? Is he ever going to? Is he ever going to main event WrestleMania or uh, SummerSlam ever again? Fuck no. Well, actually, he never. He's never done either of those anyway. But you get my point. Yeah. Like he's on the back end. Number twenty three, Rey Mysterio. He's wrestling for his kids now. Also, Rey Mysterio Legacy Act. Also wrestling for his kids now. Literally. Number twenty four, Kofi Kingston. Legacy Act. Number twenty five, Otis. Mid card tagger. Number 26, Big E. Legacy Act. <laughs> 27, Bad Bunny. Celebrity. 28, Shane McMahon. Legacy Act. 29, Randy Orton. Legacy Act. Number 30, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. So out of the 30 people in this Rumble, two of them were people that actually you could have halfway believed could have won the fucking Rumble. If you if you actually known that Brock Lesnar was going to be in it beforehand, you wrote this out on the list. Be like, oh, only people that could possibly win this shit is Drew McIntyre and and, and Randy Orton, this not Kevin Owens, bad. not AJ Styles, not not uh, Kevin or not, not Kevin Owens, not uh, Rey Mysterio, not Matt Riddle. None of them. None of them. Yep, just just in there filling space, filling time, filling you know, like you look at those first ten entrants, right? And then it's like, what are we doing here? Like, Ridge Holland was just in the ring forever. He's a bum. Um, and you can see the guys that they're picking in the the new, like, kind of direction, is which is the old direction. Like, they're your Ridge Holland. Like, cool. Like, they, like, Ridge Holland is six, Ridge Holland is like six foot flat or six foot one Brock Lesnar. Right, you got Ridge Holland, you got your Rick Boogs, you got your Madcap Moss. Um, you know, in the older form, you've got your Baron Corbin there, and it's just like there's more of them coming, like Vog Wagner and you know, whoever yeah. the fuck. But um, yeah, this is a pretty bad Royal Rumble. Uh, like I said, 2015 was worse just because of the booking and the squandering and like the stuff with the rock and Roman reigns and it being just damaging to the promotion. This one was just the, 
the cabinet is barren. Like there was, we were, no, there was no dang O'Brien that you could even had hope to be like, you know, we want him in the we want this person in Rumble so they can go out here and have a great match and a great story and all that kind of stuff because he's the best wrestler. There is no the best wrestler in these sixty people or the only these thirty people. Like the closest like we can get some like that even is like just how we like Drew McIntyre, but like he's not over in that way. Yeah. Like he's not close. Like everybody respects him because they they recognize like for that dude's like one of the best and he's one of the best heavyweight wrestlers in the world. But like they screwed him up. They made him too happy go lucky and they over it. Like they screwed it up. It is what it is. Yeah. So like I said, I think this Royal Rumble was it was pretty soulless, uncreative. Um, They like they they when as soon as they put. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura out there is one and two. I was like, fuck you. Then, like you turn that feud into kicking people in the dicks. Like in like the easiest thing you had to do is say, Hey, run it back one year later, you know, what you did, or you know, two years later, uh, what you did at Russell Kingdom. Like y'all ain't broke that y'all ain't broke down that much. Like the people that they had in here. And Johnny Knoxville is landing some of the best shots. James, I All got right. you back. All right, I'm back. Um, I don't know where we left off at, but uh, I'd have to go back to listen to audio. But audio, I never stopped playing, so it's still recording. Oh, okay, cool, man. Um, I'll chop this. So, like I said, looking at the list, um, you, you got Bad Bunny in there going, you know, eliminate multiple people, like making, you know. It, it, like he's fine like is like let's not get it like you know it's cool he can do the canadian destroyer and stuff like that but you know maybe he can eliminate one person by like you know kicking them off the rope or something but like he's throwing dudes over the top and shit like that and it's like i wouldn't be doing this but uh credibility isn't of you know concern uh and well in when it's a cele- when it's a celebrity right like yeah. you know everybody made all those jokes about you know jay leno having um, they're having um Hulk Hogan in a fucking hammerlock or whatever the fuck. But like this is perfectly fine. Like yes, he could. Bad Bunny could definitely uh be out here, you know, giving fucking lucha moves to to Matt Riddle. Like yeah, beating up Sheamus. Yeah, I mean, and for me, I don't pers- I personally don't give a fuck. But um, you know, twenty twenty five years ago, this was this was such a disaster that this happened. Um. But yeah, like you know, Bad Bunny. I was, I was glad he showed up. wasn't expecting to be there, and he brought some. He actually like brought some life to this fucking match, Look, as I opposed to the real fucking out. wrestlers. Go figure. I popped when he came out when I heard the music because I yep. knew it was him right yep. away. Um, I also was like, I didn't want to spend because like, I thought he was on tour, or about to go on tour. For you have bigger fish to fry. Funniest shit is like Shame and Man coming back, and he's just out striking Matt Riddle. Um, is was he though? I mean, I I think it was like he's throwing case. shitty strikes. He he was throwing the punches, and they were like looking like they were coming close to connecting, but they weren't. Like the man was air boxing, like shadow boxing. Who, who was worse, there. him or Ronda? <sighs> yes. <laughs> like when when Ronda has Bianca in the corner, it's bad, real bad. So hold on, Joe Joe Saba, Lita versus Becky at Elimination Chamber, not WrestleMania. 
they're doing Lita versus Becky in Saudi Arabia. Oh, we didn't talk about this, but like, thank God that uh, I think it was Charlotte eliminated uh, Lita because she was setting up like she was going to do the, uh, the 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 moonsault, and I was like, no, you're going to land on your fucking chin. Don't do this. And, and they just eliminated her. Yeah. Good. I mean, Lita versus Becky. Could we get like a less athletic match if we tried? That that is that is, those, are, those are two. Those are a lot of rust on some redheaded knees. Yeah, boy. Um. So yeah, Royal Rumble sucked too. Um, very bad. Like, just look at this list. Like it's right in front of you. Pull up a cage match. Oh, and then, uh, the, and then the, and also another part about it is like they have four hours to do a six match show, and because they're doing fucking commercials and. You know, letting Miz and Maurice and Beth Phoenix and Edge go however long they went, probably four minutes too fucking long. And like, right. a you know, like stuff like that. Um, they get Brock Lesnar in and like by the time Brock Lesnar gets in, like they're like five minutes away from them having to get off fucking air. So like he gets in, he has he everybody has to get. Uh, everybody has to get the fuck out so Drew and, and Brock can basically go like 30 seconds before he throws uh, Drew out so we don't even get like the you know the, the all so important mini match when you get to the final two or final three or whatever else nope couldn't do that like Brock just got in and threw everybody the fuck out so it wasn't even entertaining in that way like when Brock was in the Rumble I want to say it was two years ago when he basically uh, yeah two, two years ago 2020 when he basically like came in like 10 and basically like wrecked shop for like and let me like 13 people like that was entertaining because like he's actually having like these mini matches and like catching people that are like you know surviving him his German suplex or whatever before he finally throws him out this is like it's Drew McIntyre you know the person that's probably like the number three, three or four single star men's male single star in the, in the company, and like he dumped them out like he was trash. All right, whatever, man. Bad. Was was was, was is Drew, is Drew McIntyre and Andre? Do we know yet? No, they, we they, don't. They threw him out like somebody that would be in the Andre. Like he did that Hogan, you know the. You know, yeah. flick the wrist, uh, throwing them out. Like, um, we gotta, we gotta see Brock Lesnar again. We gotta cheer for Brock Lesnar to be the one. To, like, come on, man! I, I have no interest, none. Like, this is so bad. Like, imagine running a wrestling company and doing this. Like, and you have this like roster. Like, and this is what you keep coming to over and over again. How? Because they, they have, they have. Uh flattened out the roster so much to where like the people that are special and people that are that do great that have done great things before like don't do you even feel like you like they're stars no like we were talking about this obviously it's a different point of his career but like we you know that last wrestlemania match that brock and um in roman had like also on the undercard was that nakamura and aj styles match and not and aj styles at that point was like a close number two on roman's reigns as for like um top merch mover in the company look what they've done with him since like like they gave him one more year and it was done with him after that yeah they've just had him like you know basically protecting this fucking giant for a year right and like in any other promotion they would treat him like he's fucking Tanahashi right like he's like he's you know 
He's a top star that can challenge for a title or anything and give you a, a main event title match. And like Roman's second best opponent in his whole entire career is AJ Styles. It's Daniel Bryan, it's AJ Styles, and then it's probably Seth after that. And they have wrestled each other since 2016, the first feud they had. And that feud was like their like Roman's best feud of his career. And it's like, never no, no, okay. Imagine never going back to it. Right. It's been plenty of time to, to get back to it. It's weird. It's really weird. But that's your uh, Royal Rumble review. Don't we sound excited? Yeah. So, I'm going to be even more excited for WrestleMania. Let me tell you. Jesus. It, also, another part about it is same thing, right? So, what what were the dates for WrestleMania this year? April or March? April or March? Let's see. Uh, WrestleMania 38 date. April 3rd, right? Yeah. Rich? Start of Sumo Halls, 26th, 27th of March. So, we're going to... So we're gonna just like how in this show we're gonna go through it again and be like, let's compare and contrast. Let's compare and contrast. Let's see. It's gonna be bad, man. Of course it'll be bad. You'd be like, yeah, man, that was a really cool four star match on uh on like you know the best match of WrestleMania, a cool four and a quarter star match. Like how many to start them have? Oh, oh, five <laughs> in that weekend. Fuck! Like what are we doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so. Anyway, um, AW, yes, AW break last week. Um, overall, um, pretty good show. I mean, um, I thought it was a great show. I mean, I, I mean, I got four and a half star ladder match, uh, you know, a, a, um, what do you call it? A lights out match that was, you know, not super, not a high tier standard of what the typical thing is, but like, that's their hell in a cell. So, like, I thought it was like a three and a half star match, so it was good enough for me. After, especially after I already got like a, a classic ladder match on on the show in two hours, and I, you know, I, I thought, you know, I really enjoyed the show. I really did. Um, also, you had the interaction with Wardlow and CM Punk and MJF, so I was with it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good show. Really good. Yeah, man, we got that opening match. Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes right into it, straight off, no entrances. Cody standing there, slave master jacket, ready to go. And him and Sammy Guevara tear the fucking house down. (laughs) This is the best Cody Rhodes match in ages. Um, Some people, like, in some circles, this might be his best match ever. Um, You look at the cage match, it's his second highest rated match there. I think it's his best match in AEW. I thought he was serious in this match. I thought he was wrestling in a way that made sense. I thought there was not a lot of bullshit. I thought Sammy was incredible. Sammy's a, like, I've called him the human highlight reel since 2019. He went and added to it with that cutter, with the fucking, um, you know, flip dives off the ladder. um, Just doing doing what he wants athletically and just being a sicko uh as he would say uh i would you know does the whole thing where he says he's crazy and all that but uh cody bullied him uh pretty well yep and you know this ended like uh i think big dave gave this one five stars um i think that might have been a little much but that's okay well you Uh, know anytime you even get like within half a star with cody you just got to give it to him so (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> so uh but yeah this was this was one of the 
best one-on-one ladder matches I've ever seen. Um, just like f- felt felt like they were fighting for uh, something a little bit, you know. Sam- I think there's a way to get Sammy's, uh, you know. They didn't his his first reign didn't go I think how a lot of people wanted it to. Um, I liked it, but I was also saying you know he needs more than the good hand mafia to fight. So uh, give him that little bit of adversity with Cody, and he gets this belt back again. It's like a fresh start and mulligan of, of sorts. He's a two time champion now, and um, I thought this was incredible though. Go out of your way if you haven't seen this to see this match. Um, I wanted the ladder match, and they totally delivered. Yeah, it was refreshing to see a match, a singles ladder match where like they don't just like basically just cut out the first third of the match where you actually wrestle and then actually have a fight to get to the ladders where they, you know, most of these matches now where it's like, oh, let's punch each other a couple times and end up out the ring and then grab ladders and then do shit to each other, hit each other with ladders a million times and then go to the finish. It's like, nah, man, like, you know, uh, I was saying this to Imp on his review show, like, you know, you can say what you want to about Cornette, but he's right about this part. Like when you use weapons, like you only get a certain amount of, um, of, you know, strikes out of them before you start to get like numb to it. And like a lot of these ladder matches, singles ladder matches, they gets overdone where it's like, Oh, let's do like 30 things on the ladder. It's like, this dimension returns unless you can be super creative with it. Like, so the fact that they use it very sparingly and mostly focused on trying to have a match, um, that escalated towards using it. And that's kind of the reason why I like that. Um, from last year, the Cameron Grimes and, um, LA Knight ladder match morning you did. I like, I like, cause I like the structure. And this was very similar to the structure, but it was way fucking better. So, um, yeah, like, y'all ain't gotta kill, y'all ain't gotta kill yourselves 40 times in ladder match to get over. You could do it like half a dozen times and it'd be just as effective. Um, in a like, WrestleMania you know. 10-esque quality to this match. Um, yeah. I thought, and, um, Minus the finish, of course. The finish ain't the same, but yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 Um, so, like, uh, up top, like, once I saw Cody was climbing the ladder that wasn't facing towards the camera, I knew he lost, and I was celebrating very hard. <laughs> and then uh, Sammy knocks him down, well, knocks him off, raises I'll, both belts, and we're smoking that Cody Rhodes pack. Wow. I, I thought that he lost once, like, Sammy successfully hit the, uh, the swanton over the ladder bridge, because, like, I thought that Cody was going to move, uh, but like once he hit with that and then like he started climbing, I was like, yeah, he, he, like he's too weakened. Like if he fucking Superman's and beat him, like that'd be like, well, why the fuck do you even? I would like been furious. Like why the fuck do you even do it? Then he's gonna no sell him hitting a fucking swanton through a ladder. Like you should, like in theory, you could argue that like Cody should pr- shouldn't even make it up to the top. He should just like lose halfway from climbing too slow. He's too fucking beat up from you know getting destroyed by the by the freaking Jeff Hardy spot by the ism. Yeah, the ism should have the, the ism put him away. So shout out to Jeff Hardy. Do we need to talk about Jeff Hardy? I think we do. So uh, it's a it's a matter of time. So before, Jeff uh, he- Hardy um, reached out to WWE along with his wife because they were thought that he was on um, so he was met too messed up to do wrestling or whatever else. So he wanted to go to rehab, so he. Uh, they released him after he said, no, I'm not taking another, I'm not, I, I took your drug test and like, I'm not going to rehab, fuck you. They released him and he wanted the word out about the results of his drug test because it came back negative. Um, so the thing is, like, the drug test ain't, ain't, uh, ain't exactly an alcohol test, but, uh, at the same time, when it's Jeff Hardy, 
like we've seen that dude loaded before and get into the ring. Um, and also WWE don't really mind motherfuckers that drink as long as they don't be, they're not drunk while wrestling, working the matches. So, um, he, 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 he feels really, you know, he's really like in that mode of sticking it to them and asked him to come back to WWE and sign a contract and, um, and they were going to add him into the WWE Hall of Fame, and he said no because he's not a Mark. Correct. <laughs> so, Jeff Hardy, not uh, a Mark. Hardy, Hardy was not marks. Right, right. And Matt Hardy definitely. I mean, they. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they, they were marks at some point. All them shits, oh. they, all, all the stuff they did to themselves to get themselves over. That's Mark. That's Mark behavior. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, Matt has has been very vocal on the socials on on the interwebs saying I mean, he wants y'all, his. Y'all can't wants, see what's coming. He. <laughs> He wants his younger brother. So, so, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before Jeff Hardy ends up being all elite. Yeah, they're going to draw a shit ton of money with the Bucks and whatever other tags. They're going to have a. And FTR, the Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, Kings of the Black Throne or whatever the hell. Malachi Black and uh, Brody, uh, not Brody Lee, but Brody can call each one other. One more hot run, like I, yep. I think, and then because they, they got all the teams to do it with. Yep, and all them teams are gonna like they, I, kill themselves to get them yep. get the Hardys over. Much like the Hardy, much like the Young Bucks did with uh, with them in what 2017, 18. Yeah, yeah. So 2017. Um, pretty happy to see this is the the end result of this, and it's like, you know, maybe maybe Jeff would like. You know, got himself fired. Maybe um, it's a possibility this, like, he did leave in the middle of a house show match. Yeah, so uh, you know, hopefully, you know, like man, ho- fuck this. What am I doing, man? What am I doing? Right, and like <laughs> <laughs> that's my bitch party accent. I got. <laughs> it sounds remarkably a lot like AJ Styles, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I'll do what man. I can. Yeah, man. Um, get ready uh, for, for for Jeff Hardy for sure. Um, I like if it, like I said, it, I've been following Matt Hardy shit very closely ever since this shit is going down, and there's a stark difference on like like you can tell he he wants to like kind of pop off, and then like he's just playing it you know real smooth, but letting you know it's coming. So they were out on a snowy beach. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs with the full mink coat are out there with Shivani. Um, Hobbs then challenged Dante Martin to a match. Uh, and Starks did the same for Jay Lethal. That's going to be next Friday on Rampage. Handicap match. Warlow got rid of two jobbers. Fucked them up. Yes. And uh, Powerbomb, one on top of the other and pinned them. Yep. Great squash. Um so inner circle versus Daniel Garcia in 2.0. This is the Santana and Ortiz show kind of refused to tag in uh, Chris Jericho. He was trying to get the hot tag, but uh, they only wanted to really tag each other. Uh, Jericho eventually jumped down from the apron and took himself out of the match, but then he broke up uh 2.0's finisher and he hit a Judas effect on uh, Matt Lee. And then Santana used a pile driver for the win kind of moving that inner circle and Jericho thing forward. So maybe this leads to Jericho turning heel again. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's, turning, it's him turning heel. I think it's more like 
those are guys going to be used to try to get to um, a eventual match with uh, between Jericho and Kingston, and then after that, I think they'll you know probably shake hands or whatever else, or, or have some type of respect, or who knows, like. After Jericho beats him, he'll probably just, you know, walk away again just like every time he lost to, like, uh, Danielson or, or Punk. We'll see. They aired a video for Lance Archer and Jake Roberts, uh, and they t- said the world title match is going to be a Texas death match. The man's, uh, you know, uh, Hangman was in the video. Like, it's going to be a Texas what? Like, damn he said, there. He said, what? Shit, <laughs> I so last time we saw a Texas death match, Lance Archer beat John Moxley right. uh, in that match. So I think that's a nice stipulation to put on that. And had really, to, otherwise, like you wouldn't believe that he had a chance in hell. Yeah, and these two actually should have a really great match. So looking where forward to is, that. Where Where are they going to be next uh, or on, or this week on Wednesday? They're going to be in Chicago this week. Okay, so okay, Texas death match in Illinois. All right. Well, the the match isn't this week. It's the week, uh, after. The week after. Where yeah. is that at? Going back to, to Texas, like in a few weeks. I, it might be in Dallas. Okay, because I know they're doing. Maybe like, I don't C- know. Is Cedar Park in? Is that outside of Austin or Dallas? Can't remember. You know what? I think they're in San Antonio. That's what it is. They're in San Antonio, but they're also coming back to Cedar Park pretty soon too. Mm-hmm. Like, they just like open up tickets to go there. So um, after that. Uh, Jurassic Express and the AHFO were backstage. Uh, they're going to defend the titles against Private Party on Rampage. Kristen said everyone's come for the chance, but uh, you know it was a Christian Matt Hardy doing promo, not really anything too uh, notable there. CM Punk and MJF cut a promo. Punk came out here dressed to fight, uh, had his hands taped up. Uh, he basically had the crowd chant MJF because he still had the Burberry scarf. Said he was st- sick of talking and he wanted to get to it. Um, but after that, uh, MJF's music played. He came out. He mocked the crowd as if he was going to wrestle um, Punk before insulting Cleveland a lot. Uh, he said he'd give Punk the match in Chicago. And after he beats him, they're going to see the real Punk, the one who loses his smile when he doesn't get his way. And he blames his failures on everyone else like LeBron James. I popped. Um, Punk no-showed Cleveland in 2014 when he left WWE. Like, I had kind of remembered that offhand. And he said, basically, Punk was here tonight to kind of make up for that. Um, he said, when MJF beats Punk, he's just going to cry about it on podcasts. Uh, Punk responded with probably some of the best, like, babyface lines I've heard of in you know, a, a while. Okay. The Texas death match will be in Atlantic city, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, so the bet, he said the best thing I did was leave. The best thing I ever did was come back. And then he won the match now. And he said, these people love me because I get back up and fight. Uh, then MJF brought and then in, he talked about know, how, like, I'm, you know, like, I don't know if he said the Midwest connection, but he was like, I'm from a city of fighters. I'm in Chicago, just like Cleveland is a city of fighters. It's like, yeah, great baby face stuff like and that's what he's been doing ever since he's been back and talk about that like i i really enjoy i'm really glad cm punk came back to wrestling i really am yep um mjf then brought out ftr and wardlow um but punk got jumped behind from spears they beat punk down and spears uh was whooping them with the chair uh ftr and then spears are really leading the assault wardlow didn't really want to get involved until mjf then demanded he do so 
Wardlow gave CM Punk a nice safe power bomb uh, onto the chair, and uh, MJF sat on top of Punk like he was Kenta sitting on top of Naito and said he'd see him in Chicago. Yeah, so that's two callbacks. That is the that like you mentioned that one, and also CM Punk sitting uh, cross leg, you know, before the pipe bomb or other promos. So like it was playing on both of those. So uh, the acclaim called out Mox. Anthony Bones is going to face him for, uh, for Rampage. Uh, they did Julia Hart and Griff Garrison backstage, but uh, Julia Hart was going to talk about the House of Black, but Mark Sterling let her know that she was eligible. And she was drafted to come fight Jade, essentially. So uh, Jade walking around just kind of, you know, yeah. picking, picking up yeah, opponents. She, yes, smart Mark Sterling had her sign a waiver to waive liability for Russ with one eye. And she <laughs> took it because she's eager to prove herself. And Griff Garrett's like, you sure you want to do this? And she's like, shut Martin. up, Griff. And Griff was like, well, fine. Do what you want. You're going to get your ass whooped. I'll be there to, to help strip you off the fucking mat. So. Marked him. Being a mark. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Young and dumb want to prove yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> prove them hospital bills. <laughs> so we got Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet next. This was quiet. The crowd did not care. Nope, not at all. Um, they tried hard. Uh, I thought that Layla missed a couple of strikes that would have been important to try to get this crowd over, but I thought by the end they got the crowd to make <clears throat> some noise, so that, I guess that's a, vi- a battle or victory in itself. But, yeah, um, uh, I expected a better match, I'm to be quite honest, because I think those I think highly of those two. Um, but, yeah, they had a, a slightly above-average match. After the match, Statlander ran out to lift the aesthetic. Um, then her slapped on an arm bar and Stat ran her off. So um, after that, we got Malachi Black cutting a promo video. He said that Brody King was the embodiment of conflict and violence. He said that Pac would be humbled and Death Triangle would feel true pain. And then Brody King said, just like death, we are an in- inevitable. Um after that, we got Britt Baker cutting a promo. She had all her PWI awards, uh, match of the year, most approved, and like women's wrestler of the year. Uh, came out in the, all the Pittsburgh clothing, mocking the Cleveland fans, and she talked up her awards. She insulted the Browns. She said she created this division, became the face of AEW, and she like put Baker Mayfield on a grill over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over again, and like yep. she kind of like lost track. Of her train of thought, and then kind of like because the crowd when she started shitting on the Browns, like they started chanting like dog pound chants, and like she kind of lost, she kind of lost what she was getting at, and then like (coughs) it it was cool by like the fourth uh, uh, Baker Mayfield joke, but then like she starts talking about like number incompletions that he had, and I was like, yo, like you should stop at four, not not keep going till you get to ten. So um, she started out strong, but she lost steam. But, um, I mean, it was cool to see uh, a full promo in the ring with no interruptions. Um, we got Nyla, and, yeah, a lot of people thought someone would come out, but I feel like the wheels are in motion, like Thunder Rosa is facing Mercedes Martinez next week on Rampage, and there's only one place to go from there. So, um, main event, unsanctioned lights-out match. Orange Cassidy defeats Adam Cole. Um, this was... We, we kind of saw this coming from a mile away once it was unsanctioned. Uh, OC, we get the win. Uh, I didn't like this match. Um, I don't blame you for not liking the match because I got to say, 
there were lots of moments during this match at the beginning, the first time watching where I was bored. Um, I, I thought like they're everything they're doing is technically correct. Right. But I'm not, but it doesn't grab me in the, in the slightest. Um, and then there was a moment where I can't remember what the moment was, but like it turned around for me. Then they went down to closing stretch. But, um, yeah, like working the hand in a lights out match to set up the, um, that's why I didn't grab me actually. Like the work, the hand, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think Adam Cole like slapped it into between the post and trapped it between the post and the stairs and then kicked the stairs into the post. Um, there was also another spot. Oh yeah. He, pu- he went he to go give him the, he hand give him the orange point. punch. He went to give him the orange punch. And then, like, Cole put up the ring bell, and he punched the ring bell. That's, and that was before they actually went to the, the posts and, and the uh, ring steps. But, like, they set up towards a spot where um, Orange Cassidy, after run-ins, finally gets a shot to get, hit him with the orange punch, and he hits it. And then he, like, grabs his hand and does the whole, like, sell because I'm in so much pain that I can't make the cover immediately and it leads to a kick out. And I was like, I normally love that, 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 uh, that spot where someone has an injury and then like they do a move on the injury because they're tr- they're so desperate to win and then like they can't make the cover so it's a near fall, but it's a hand. It's not ribs. It's not a knee. It's a hand. If you were in combat fighting and you stopped fighting because your fucking hand was broken, you would you wouldn't survive in the sport. Everybody fights with broken hands, and wrists in, in, in combat sports. Everyone does. Get the fuck out of here. Selling it like you're dying. Just cover them while grabbing your hand. I, I didn't really feel like, you know, like I I didn't really feel like it was physical enough. I didn't feel like there was urgency really to this match. Like they were just kind of doing a match going through stuff. I don't like. disagree. And I just thought like I thought Cole's offense looked bad. I thought the the punch uh the punches they were throwing at each other kinda looked not great. Um I didn't like the finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't um, like someone hugging him off the fucking and kamikazing off of the top of the tunnel through the ramp? You didn't yeah, like that? Like, you, I mean, I, I, I didn't, didn't like mind the I didn't mind the hug part. It's when Cole started like gyrating and all that shit. I was like, "What the fuck are oh, you doing?" Oh, oh, like, oh the, he said, "You're supposed to spin disbelief that once he get, he's getting lightly hugged around the uh, around the bicep and triceps that Adam Cole is now handcuffed and he literally put his hands together like as he was hand, zip tied together and he couldn't move." And, right. and then they look down at the floor. He looks at the floor like, no, don't do it. It's like, if that actually happened in real life, you wouldn't be like, like, oh, my God, he's going to throw me to the floor along with him. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you right. looking at? Right. So and then they fall. And it's actually a pretty sick looking bump that they take. And Cassidy gets the pin there. But I thought this was a letdown. I, I so. laugh when I laugh when um when when Bryce Rinsberg damn near fell through the thing trying to count the pin. I laughed. I was like, this goofy ass match. You, get, uh, you take your three and a half star, your beer, uh, what do you call it? Uh, your replacement level h- hardcore death match uh, uh, rating get the fuck out my face. That's how it was like, with it. It's like, here, get out of here. Like, they're selling the name of the lights out match here. Like, you know, when, you know when what that was like? It was like that Rey Mysterio and uh, Roman Reigns Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown last year that, got, that I gave three and a half stars. Like, it's Hell in a Cell. It's Rey Mysterio. It's Roman Reigns. Three and a half stars on TV for Hell in a Cell. Okay, here, take it and get out of here, man. Yeah, um, Danhausen was under the ring. Now I know nothing that part about too. Danhausen. 
Um, but I saw this guy under the ring. I was like, what the fuck is this? It, has like, nothing to, it had nothing to do with anything other than to say he's all elite. Now, James, tell me about, like I said, I know nothing about this guy. Just whenever I see his face, I'm like, I, I hate this person. He's a meme comedy guy. Like, I, like, I don't know how good of a wrestler he is. Like, I was on the same boat as y'all were until, like, I, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I saw a video of him, like, uh, somebody had him up in the air, like, in a choke. Like, he's about to, like he's at the apex of a choke slam. And when he was at the top, he escaped by hitting somebody with a fucking judo chop on top of the head. And I fucking howl now. Ever since then, I was like, you know what? That, that That's fucking funny. So, <laughs> I, I, I literally 180 off of one, of one stupid-ass comedy spot. And that's all it was. Like, if he comes out here and slings his shit up, I will turn right back on him. I'm that fickle when it comes to this person. I don't know. But, like... He's, he's sharp with it. He's, he's funny. He's been a hustler and figured out how to get a lot of, make a lot of money off his likeness and with the goofiness of the Van Housen thing where he's basically like, he's almost like, a, he's basically a villain, but it almost like, uh, portrays himself almost like a, like a, uh, like a comedy vampire that's not actually a vampire. Like he talks about how he's old. He talks with this, like, uh, Transylvanian accent. Um, and like, He's really cool with a lot of all the guys that have been on the Indies over the years. Um, obviously, because he probably worked Shikara, and, and I know he definitely worked uh, Ring of Honor. So, like, somebody that everybody knows, somebody that, you know, um, is a hustler, making a lot of money, is really in the ethos of, like, what AEW was and started out, where it was like, we are, you know, the American wrestlers that were the guy just from New Japan in, like, major indie professional wrestling that was a heart of AEW. So, like, for it makes sense for him to be in AEW. And, like, I think. I think a lot of people have concerns, but like, I think he's going to be so low stakes as a comedy guy that's going to be in BTE and that kind of stuff. Where it's like, I think he'll get over to an extent, but like, I mean, he'll just be like an Orange Cassidy type to where, or probably someone that you beat even more than Orange Cassidy. So like, I don't think it'll be something that serious. I don't think he's as good as wrestler Orange Cassidy. So I don't think you have to worry about that. Like, he'll be somebody that just like, you sit out there to be do funny skits with and, and do, and you know, get like the faces of like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like, oh. That sort of thing and get sight gags and that'll be it. Like I don't think he's gonna be like I don't I'm on like I don't think he's gonna be having uh, matches on pay per views. He, he's like not that. gonna have a lights out match. At some I, point. I don't believe so. No. Um, Britt's the real hardcore one in the house uh, with, with her and Cole. Uh, she's up one zero in lights out matches. Uh, yeah, she's up on one on uh, lights out matches. Well, no, they both lost. No, I'm saying like who who actually like had a great match. Oh, and lights out. Oh, I mean so. if we ju- I mean if we judged uh, the the Britt Baker and, and um, Thunder Rosa match like we judge women's lights or men's lights out matches, I don't think it would be as favorable. I think it's a lot of like shock. Like, oh my god, they're so violent women. I haven't oh, watched it since, but I watched I, it, I, remember- I watched the match the first time and I was like. It's very good. Like when people were like, "It's the match of the year," I'm like, "Dude, you're out of here." It's number nine on the Voice of Wrestling um, uh, match of the year uh, countdown list. I, I have never rewatched that match, but I can remember. But I can tell you when I turned off on, or when I turned on it was when that ladder didn't come within a foot of uh, Britt's face, and then next thing I know, she has a fucking bloody face. It's like, oh, okay, all right. You, you, you already have a bloody shirt. You're gonna have another one, and sure enough, another bloody shirt. Uh, so like match is great. There were some some really cool spots in it, um, but like I watched that match the whole time and I was like, Brit is being carried by Thunder Rosa. Like Thunder Rosa is deserves every bit of credit for this match 
like Britt was just there along for the ride, and she played it cool. Um, if I I think you know, I think a rewatch, I might I, I I don't know. Like we might have to rewatch it. You might have to do a rewatch this weekend or something on it. Yeah, I haven't watched it since, and I had COVID when I watched it, so I don't really have great memory of it in, in detail. But you know, I I loved it. So yeah, so um. <laughs> Yes, yeah, like someone in the chat just said, like Britt Sheeta for the match from the from the, at the Cody Dome is still Britt's best match, in my opinion. And like, for my you know for my speed, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, yeah, like that match, I thought like you know because I'm not really much of a I'm I'm over fucking death matches and blood everywhere and shit or whatever else. Like if you if you gonna do a, if you gonna get blood, get it get a hard way on accident, like. I don't want to see you come out here and hit someone with a fucking el- or hit somebody across the forehead with an elbow or forearm. Like get it from wrestling so hard that you someone gets get nicked, gets nicked or whatever else. Like how uh, Mayu and Julia just went. Like oh, I accidentally like landed on your head with a moonsault and then your chin busted open. Okay, at the very end of the match. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah so, I, I really uh, did like Sheeta and Britt from uh, Georgia. Really did. So Rampage. Um. I thought Rampage was awesome. Like there, <laughs> Rampage's been on a roll like the last two months. I'd say, um, <clears throat> John Moxley and Anthony Bowens opened up uh, another solid match for um, hold on, C- Cody Quinn Hall. Nah, man, nah, man, that's QT's gym, bro. Um, but uh, let's see, uh, John Moxley in. Uh, Anthony Bowens, another uh, solid TV outing for Anthony Bowens. I will uh, go ahead and start the um, uh, the 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 push the acclaimed uh, agenda uh, for for the rest of this year. Like uh, they're they're just awesome, and Mox looked great in this match, and I uh, I enjoyed this. Anthony Bowens is very good. Um, Anthony Bowens is now on my list with like Trent and Kazarian and Bobby Fish and um, probably John Silver and and uh, Bald from FTR was like, yeah, in a tag team. One of the tag team members in a, is uh, in the singles. They're gonna have a really good match and get their ass beat to a star. And I, I I'm and I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with it because I know what they can do. And that's where I am with Bowens and that rest of that and the people I named. Really enjoy him. Really enjoy watching him. Uh, FTR. He's proved, it all, he's proved it for months now at this point. Yeah, FTR took on Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. And this ruled. Um, they were FTR against, against FTR against lower-ranked teams is always amazing, uh, especially when they're on dark. Um, they just do so many like things to kind of pop you. And stuff like that, but this one was a little different because both Lee and Brock were displaying their different talents against them. Like yeah. Lee's, you know, great with the athletic stuff. Like Brock is, uh, he was he, kind he of a great dad. traditional. Yeah, he's he just like his dad. dad. He's like a traditional wrestler, but like he, um, I would say Arn was a better puncher and kicker than Brock Anderson is, but like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a nice, big, strong guy, uh, that is going to work hard. So I think this was the best he's looked, uh, in the most like comfortable and that he's looked rather than looking like some type of cosplay rookie, um, debuting. It seemed like he actually got his feet wet here and, uh, FTR was awesome in this match. Yeah, they were. Um, but, uh, both of those, these first two matches of, uh, 
Rampage, I stopped just short of giving it three and a half. I gave both of them three and a quarter. I really enjoyed both of that, both of those matches. They went short too. So, uh, Jade and Julia Hart, uh, for the time it went, it was cool. Um, I liked Jade basically finishing her off. Uh, Julia Hart's not anyone necessarily that's pushed or anything, but, uh, getting Jade on the show again, getting, getting her another win and, um, you know, keeping her strong. Yep. Besides that, we had the AEW Tag Team Championship, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against Private Party, and they went off and had a nice little match here uh, in the main event. And I think uh, what Private Party has, you know, they've been heels for about a year now. So I think when they turn back babyface, they're going to have a better idea how it all works. And I think I would anticipate them even being better uh, than they were last time when they were babyfaces. This was all action uh, right at the beginning. Thought it was going to be a quick title change. Um, it was not, but they went into lots of cool action all throughout this match. Too much to kind of name, but there's yeah. key things I remember. Um, so they, I think they jumped at the bell and then immediately like Isaiah Cassidy is up hitting uh, Luchasaurus with a tornado off the, um, over the ropes. Um, and then, you know, there was a, they went hit the gin juice is kind of you know um, after that they hit the gin and juice and um, Jungle Boy kicked and then by the end in the middle or towards like the start of the second act of the match like they actually hit a, a gin and juice and Jungle Boy turned it into a fucking Canadian destroyer. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, then you know by the end. Um, they get uh, Isaiah Cassidy, or sorry, they get Mark Quinn in the ring, and like they, Luchasaurus basically hits him with like base, like I think they call it a Thoracic Express, and like base is almost like a flip alley oop into a uh, sit out power bomb for Jungle Boy. So, um, right. and Jungle Boy ended up picking up the win. I, I I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really cool. I, like, I saw the cage match where that was shot. I was like, y'all think this is a below of three and a, three and a half star match? I gave it three and three quarters. Um, but I was like, y'all thought this is like some three and a quarter match? Nah, man, you're y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't checked the cage match on it yet, but um, they it's like set a up six point six nine or something like that. It's like what? They set up uh the ass boys uh to run in. Ass boys jumped on um, immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, like they heard one note and it was on Jungle Boy's ass, and um, <sighs> so. It, <laughs> it was like oh wow and I gotta turn the music off immediately um, but yeah they've got their own kind of look of being the guns of of, the, of this generation and um, yeah you know the, they'll get their shot next and uh, probably lose <laughs> oh they're definitely losing um, but yeah uh, gotta say like really really happy to see the match with Private Party like that's the best match they've had since they turned heel like you know Andrade shows up and look at him Try to like gotta you know gotta 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 get back to what y'all was doing best. Um, even if y'all are bad guys, like the generic heel shit they were doing was just like that shit sapped the life out of them for a while. So, um, I was glad they were able to get this shot and kind of show them show show the world like what they were doing before Matt Hardy got a hold of them. Yeah, man. So, um, I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. It's time to hit the music.
All right, man. So I got to say, um, I don't think I've been this surprised by a starting pay-per-view since the first night of the Grand Prix when they basically went out there and they said, hey, we're just going to basically be like the G1 um, on pay-per-view. So this show had tons of good match, or every match was, was good. All but one match was very good. And then, like, there were four, there were like five matches on here that, like, like put in a notebook. Just put like, or not notebook. I know people have different uh, things, but like high threes and four or fours, even a four and a half star match on this thing. A four and a half star match is damn near four and three quarters for me. Um, I, I I was really impressed. Uh, I was really impressed by by Thecla. I was really impressed by. Um, Mirai being in that spot, having to go that long after that match that they had to follow. Um, so yeah, what were your general thoughts of, of watching the show today, Rich? Um, so I had it, you know, playing while I was working all day, and it was just like every time I was looking up, it was just like lightning fast action everywhere, people getting kicked, people working hard. Um, and I was I enjoyed this whole show pretty much. Um, there the wasn't like a lot of basically. Yeah. Like there wasn't a match. That I was like, hey, man, what the fuck? Like, um, so, yeah, man, I like yeah. you look at it and it's just like those top three matches all like delivered um, both tag matches blazers. Um, yep. You know, you do a title change and, you know, they kind of had some fun during the Mina and Thecla match. And then the, you know, the 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 high schooler and the former teacher um who is like a year into her career having a better match than the women's title match at the royal rumble um so like you know i'll take it yeah like i can't even you can't even argue with it it just was um yeah so and then also the part where like uh the prominence thing and what that could mean in like what they teased in the skit thing with um with Rossi and, and, um, and Kamatani is like, this was a B show and like, they gave you killer matches all up and down the car, all up and down the card. They gave you like quite possibly what we look back on is like the beginning of like the hottest thing in Joshi. <laughs> um, um, and this was a B show. Like I was saying it was the anniversary show. They left the anniversary show for stardom, but like, you look at those challengers, like Unagi, Sayaka, and uh, Mirai as red and white belt challengers are, are not threats. You don't think there's going to be title changes. These are brand new champions in the first defenses. Nah. But I'll be damned. Like, they still they still had matches that were, like, uh, as good as you could imagine them being for both for uh, for the spots they were put in. Uh, so let's start from the, from, uh, the beginning. Um Future Stardom Championship match. Champion Hannon versus Lady C. Um, as you mentioned, it is high, it is uh, high school seventeen year old uh, a re- a real one a real J a real JK fighter. You know, really in high school fighting, not someone twenty five portraying someone that's uh, seventeen uh, because they're being because they're Booker or they're Bookers are doing stereotypical nonsense uh, versus Lady C, 
Shout, shout out to my uh, shout out to Ice Age and uh, Velge Braca pretty much pointed this out to me. He was like, "Yes, a 16 year old teenager and a 26 year old very awkward rookie who has been wrestling only for a year, probably better than 85 percent of the women's Royal Rumble. It's amazing how bar- low the bar is in the West." And then Ice Age says, "It turns out that a multi million dollar performance center and access to the best available athletes to pro wrestling can be beaten by finding a random." family full of judokas and asking if their kids want to train for pro wrestling and asking a random home economics teacher if you wanted to be giant baba yeah 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 um i popped when they said that giant baba thing so yeah so she uh no uh, uh whenever she won her first match that's so like november ish i think um she won her first match against uh waka and um like she, she ends up pulling out the giant, she pulls out the j- giant backbreaker uh, from Baba, and she started doing the headshots like Baba. So yeah, like she, the Babaism just got added recently, and it just got her some wins, and now she's in the unit. Unit. So yeah, like, um, Lady C, uh, and I think they mentioned it in the thing. Like Lady C was a home ec teacher, and then like she started going to like those workshops, like those workshops where you see like little Hannah, um, like little Han- like Hannah Kamora's mini me. Um, she would like you see you would see a tall this super tall woman in these pictures, like, and turns out and she was wearing the Tam stars stars color shirt and it turns out like that's Lady C like she got into this shit because she was inspired by watching Tam, um, uh so yeah like that's fast forward and that's where we are now but um so like Queen's Quest half of them now at this point or two or forty percent of them now is like Tam influenced so anyway. Uh yeah, they had a good match back and forth. Um, Hannon, uh, Hannon was Hannon. more or less was ahead, and then uh, I almost called her Lady Baba. <laughs> Lady B. Yeah, Lady B. Uh, so then uh, C ended up uh hitting a, a gruesome looking backbreaker on her, and then she ends up going for her her, her um her uh, giant backbreaker. Hannah gets out of it and rolls through, ends up getting a, um, a, a arm bar. Lady C fights out by like uh, trying to get on top to get her into a pin situation. Um, and then there's a there's a choke slam from Lady C, and then uh, uh, breaks the count. And ultimately, uh, Hannah ends up winning with her. Um, What's her move? Oh, she goes for a famouser. She botches the famouser. She goes for it again and hits it that time. Uh, and then she, I uh, think, she gets her up with her. I don't remember what she hit her with. Uh, actually, I have the finishes right here, so maybe I should just look at those instead of trying to remember off the top of my head. Maybe that's what I should do as a um, aspiring professional broadcaster, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Hannah ends up winning with, uh, yeah, a bridging, yes, her new finish, the uh, the bridging backdrop suplex. Uh, I think she calls that's it a right. backdrop driver. Yeah, that's how she won the belt at um at Sumo Hall, and that's what she used against Lady C. So Hannon gets the victory, and promptly goes to commentary afterward. Yes, uh, I think one match after this. Yeah, so uh, after after that match, uh, Coco comes out and asks for a match, so it will be uh, a title match. So it will be uh, Stars versus Stars for the future title. Uh, I guess in the next available pay per view, probably. Let's get 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 it. So next match, Utami. Before that, before oh, that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Totally forgot. So before that, normally in this in this spot, um, after the first match of recent pay per views, they show you the next venue that they're going to do their show at. Well, 
the, they already have the shows already out until um, those two sumo halls back to back. So there's really no need to tell you other than reinforce it like, oh, yeah, there's going to be pay for you um, in February. I forgot where it is, but it's like February, late February. And then also those two shows. So next thing you know, the lights come down. You're like, all right, so what's it going to be? What's this announcement? Is it going to be, uh, you know, the person that we thought it was going to be the mystery person? No. Uh, out comes Risa Sarah, out comes Suzu Suzuki, out comes Akane Fujita, out comes the other two that I don't know, uh, prominence, um, two of the top five uh, from um, Ice Ribbon that recently left the company at the end of last year that we talked about a little bit on the show. Um, they left to become a hardcore deathmatch um, faction uh, and... They had um, struck a deal with Russell Universe to have their shows broadcast on Russell Universe, along with Noah and DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, I believe they still have that, but they showed up here because um, you have that that whole thing with Julia. So um, they come out to the ring. Risa Sarah comes out and said, announces themselves and says, "We're here for we're here for one reason, one reason only, more or less." Julia, bring your punk ass down to the stage. Julia walks out. She she looks snake skin pants. Snake skins pants because she is a snake. Um, uh, it, she uh she comes in and she makes little jokes about. I thought y'all were happy with wrestling, which is the tagline for Ice Ribbon. Be happy with pro wrestling. So so what are y'all doing here? Uh, Suzu Suzu gets the mic. And she basically she looks at her and says, "You know why I'm here." And she smiles, and then she slaps the piss out of Julia, and then she says, "Like, you know, like you you left us in it, it, you left us in tatters, and shit was bad, and you have no idea the kind of trouble you caused all of us, and you see the you see the tear, you see like the the well the wells of te- of tears forming in her eyes, like she's about to cry, and you can see the look on Julia's face, like, damn, I didn't realize I hurt you this much, and." Uh, next thing you know, uh, Julia says something slick, and um, Risa, Risa grabs the mic, uh, or, or just shoves Julia to the ground and says, "Like, all right, well, like we're gonna fa- we're come- we're gonna see you on at in Sumo Hall in Mar- at the end of March." And Julia was threatened about that, and then she tried to attack, and you know it's five on one, and this is a death match per- uh, unit, so they grabbed her. They 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 ice they grabbed her by the arms and she was held hostage and and Suzu with all that hurt and, and heart hurting her heart she reaches to her waistband and produces a hammer she puts the hammer in the sky and she goes to try to swing that shit at a, a, a helpless helpless Julia and at the last second Tekla grabs her or Tekla sorry 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 JD uh, Tekla grabs. Uh, her and stops her, and they start fighting. Uh, so it's DDM in the ring, and it's uh, in its prominence, and they start scrapping it out. Suzu so and Julia immediately start grabbing each other. They start fighting each other, and they they basically fight out to the uh, to the to the promo area backstage, away from the crowd, and the and the crowd claps. This is going to be the hottest thing in Joshi for a long time, and probably all the way through March till they finally have figure out whatever match is going to be. Suzu still on stage with the hammer like Gallagher. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so for those Suzu that, better with the hardware than show, Crudler says. Yeah, she, I mean she actually uses it, and also light tubes and all types of crazy shit. So 
Uh, the thing with, uh, I can't really speak much for the other two that I don't know. Like, uh, like, um, Miyagi, don't know. Um, the other one, I don't know. But, uh, the last, so I saw the 15th anniversary show for Ice Ribbon, uh, last year. Um, that didn't have the good attendance. But, um, third from the top was, uh, Akane Fujita, and she was with Tekla, and they had a very good physical match. Um, the, and then obviously, like, uh, Suzu, Suzu's one of the better Joshi's, uh, Joshi in, in, in the, on the scene, same for Risa Sarah. So, um, Suzu was the champion, um, and early, became champion early 2020, and was probably going to have a title defense against Julia, but Julia left in the middle of the night, like the Baltimore Colts, uh, <laughs> out of the premises. So, um, I'm sure when she meant that, she was like, we were supposed to do all this shit together. You lucky left me hanging to dry. Um, so, uh, Julia so, yeah. thought she wasn't never going to see them again. You know, yeah. went to a new school, transferred all that. Yeah. Nah, so we, we here, right. You, you and, ain't getting away from us. We yes. gonna pull you down. <laughs> Crabs in a bucket. Oh my God. So, um, the thing for me is seeing that and seeing how, uh, you know, Julia has such a, um, contentious, relationship with Ice Ribbon since she left, obviously, because she left and she may or may not have still been under contract. And, uh, you know, uh, really, really upset. Hey, ch- check the comments and read, 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 read the uh, last comment. James. It all got blocked out. So it's because it all in, it has all stars. So I can asterisk. Oh, okay. asterisk so like, Cr- yeah, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. So anyway, um, yeah, like, so she has been sniping at Ice Ribbon like on like Shoe Pro and any uh, media that she has to like uh, to talk about it. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the robbery of Joshi. <laughs> Julia, the Robert Ursay of Joshi. That's great. I, okay, the art model of Joshi. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I forgot where our point was about Ice Ribbon. Uh, oh, yeah, so Julia's been saying his stuff back and forth, and then, like, even Sukasa Fujimoto was like, You left, why are you still talking about us? Or whatever else. And obviously, like, a lot of people in this scene, especially Western fans, and like, aren't on the ground and are not like domestic fans. Like they still have this outdated sense of loyalty as far as like how it used to be in like, you know, the eighties and the nineties when it came to promotions, where it's like, you don't leave, uh, stay with, you know, who trained you more or less. Like, and if you do it's taboo or whatever else, well, like, and then from Julia's perspective, it was like, she said, like, I wanted to do this full time. Like in a lot of wrestlers outside of stardom, this is a, like they do this as like weekend warriors. Like they're not actually like doing this and making full time money to do it. Like so, um, Julio at that point in time, like she was a upper mid carder in Ice Ribbon. She wasn't a top star. Like she was somebody that they would send out to for my Yuki to defend it against a fucking smoker. Like, uh, but anyway, like she left. Um, 
and she may have still been on the contract. So there were a lot of bad feelings, but back back and forth between them. So like it's it, it's actually like somewhat realistic and plausible that like these people are pissing each other. But you know, ultimately, like they're there for for Julia because Julia became a gigantic superstar in that scene. Well, she joined Stardom and they put the rocket ship to her. She showed and proved. So like from that perspective, like now that like Ice Ribbon is bit in tatters, like you know. Like they also lost Maya Yuki. She's gone freelance. You have prominence who all left to go freelance, start their own shit. Like now, you look at their top stars that are full time. The only two left are uh, Sakushi and Sukasa, and it's like now, now Tekla, who was their top Gaijin, who was a you know um, was a champion there. Like she left, and now she's in Donna Domando. It's like. Everybody's like has came to Julia now. It's like Julia's up by five thousand. It's five thousand nothing. Uh, Julia versus Ice Ribbon right now. So Julia won. I say that once Tekla showed up. Now she's she's. I mean she's she's like laughing and running backwards. This is like some Bob Stoops. You know, run the scoreboard up. Yeah, keep yeah, throwing. Like what, BC, what are we doing in the, the computer, fourth? The Growing. computer scores, boy, boy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's real bad. Um, and you know. Like we talked about, it, like ice ribbons, their future, like is really, is is really, is really dangerous. Like it could, it could go bad. Like obviously, you know, they'll they'll move people up, but like their undercards, aside from like t- uh, uh, two people, from what I saw from their 15th anniversary, that's all they got right now. And like obviously, you know, they're freelancing, but you know how the freelancer works. Like you, freelancers when they show up to stardom, they tend to like eventually stay. Yeah. Over time, because they're getting paid more money than they ever made before, typically. So, um, I don't know what this means, but I'm really interested. Like, it would be really cool. My my personal dream would be for Thomas to show up. They're their own faction. You have Suzu and, and Risa as top stars in the faction, obviously. You have a, a good number two in, in Fujita. Um, you have those other two you can figure out what you're going to do with it as far as being penny or whatever else. And then, like, you have, you do your Donald Del Mondo versus Prominence feud throughout like 2021 um and like you still have prominence have their independence so they can do the produce show they can do that death match shit way the fuck over there away from stardom leave it over there go over there you got your tv deal with russell universe go do that and then when it's time for big shows or or whatever else bring your asses here and Fresh, it help fresh up the card and even add to the depth where like uh, on weekends you don't have everybody wrestling. You don't even need to wrestle a hundred uh, dates except for like the young girls at the bottom of the card. You can have Tam Nakano only have to wrestle like eighty shows. Mai only have to wrestle eighty shows. Sure, you only have to wrestle eighty shows as opposed to a hundred and uh, two. Or you know, like it would keep them fresher, right? And also give you the opportunity to run more shows if, if you so choose. So yeah. um... And lower some of the injury risks because they wrestle so damn hard. So, like, I think that, like, it's going to be really interesting because, like, Suzu's really fucking good. And so is uh, Sarah. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, that was that was that angle. So um, Tag team match. Odeo Tai, Momo, and Starlight Kid. They defeat Azumi and Utami, who came out looking like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. He um, <laughs> <You> mentioned that. <laughs> I was dying laughing when I saw them. Um, Momo and Starlight, just perfect evil shitheads. Yeah. And like they were, this match was, oh, it was blazing speed, million yes. miles an hour. 
I fucking love this match. Yes, but they also called a. They also told a great story. They also told a great story. So, um, like, as you also, mentioned, like Momo needs to be in lights out matches with both Azumi <laughs> and Utami. And- <laughs> well, this match originally was supposed to be Utami versus Momo, or maybe. Um, that was a match they went with once they thought Azumi, they feared that she had broke her nose once, you know, Momo kicked the shit out of her with the punt kick. Uh, so, um, and that's the beginning of the match. Like, uh, Oedo, or Queen's Quest jumps Oedotai at the beginning of the bell. They end up with Azumi and Momo in the ring. Uh, Momo, uh, gets the advantage and she goes and she smirks and she's like, I'm just going to punt kick her face off again. And Azumi gets out of the way. She kicks, uh, she kicks Momo's leg from out of her leg. She ends up in that in the, in the uh, on her on her hands and knees, and she ends up punking the shit out of Momo. Um, Utami gets in. Utami stomps the shit out of uh, Momo. Uh, Momo is able to uh, thwart her with I think with a head kick. Uh, gets in Kid. Kid and um, Azumi start. It's like Kid and Momo. Kid and Utami start doing stuff. Azumi gets in. Uh, Kid ends up thwarting them. Ends up uh, somehow getting like a um, some lucha. Move to for to, to, to turn the tables, both of them it ends up going back and forth, back and forth. End up with some ends up with a uh, getting a really good uh, exchange between um Momo and Utami. Uh, and then you end up finishing off where uh, the hills end up getting in and involved after a couple ref bumps. Um, Oedo Taiga runs wild for a while, hit all their finishes on Azumi. Um, and ki- she gets a kick out, and then Kid takes Azumi. Or with the help of Momo, uh, they end up actually hitting like a pendulum, a pendulum drop thing that looked fucking awesome. And then it, uh, Momo ends up putting uh, Azumi up on the top rope, and then Kid finishes Azumi with a with a Spanish fly. It was great match, blazing yeah. speed. Um, I, I would compare this with the um, this Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, and like, whereas like, I would give this four stars. It just went a little bit longer. Like it, but like, if someone gave it four, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame them at all because this match was blazing. Yeah, yeah, loved it, and, and like it just made you want to see Azumi beat their asses, like yeah. eventually, like yeah. Um, and, and Momo thinks everything's a game, and like she is kicking, like this is the best Momo I've seen. Like this is personality like, wise, yeah, like you know, personality wise, and it feels like in the ring, like she's just like on another level right now. Well. Yeah, the thing is, Rich, like it was Momo and it was Momo and Azumi, and then like she basically traded in, uh, she traded in Azumi for the other Azumi. Like right. so, it's like she's just evil now. Like, <laughs> but it's the same place. Like I, I got the same quality of like tag team partner. Like, kid, like Momo and, and Kid need to be tag team champs by by at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Like if they're not gonna if they're not gonna belt up either one of them and give them a red or white belt either one of them like they should be tag champs at some point this year because they so, clearly good so you basically it. trying to say Momo is Bobby Fish and bouncing between Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Roger Strong. Uh no, I wasn't saying that. Uh, do you mean O'Reilly bounce between Roger Strong? Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying you say Bobby Fish. I thought you hated Bobby Fish. <laughs> My fault. My uh, yeah, fault. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, pretty much. Obviously, I mean, we're, we're really talking about like two different, two uh, different Roger Strongs, and not no yeah, Bobby. There ain't yeah. no Bobby Fish. Ain't no Bobby Fish's equation. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like you can say it's more like a uh, Seth with the Shield members. Uh-huh. That I think that's a fair comparison. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
they had a killer match, and I would love for them to have another rematch at some point. Like, I, like you mentioned, like those two matches that like they already did the Azumi match, um, and but like the Atomi match needs to happen at some point, and maybe that's the next pay per view. But like, that's gonna be killer when they do that too. Um, like Azumi should be set up to like become a, a Red Belt title challenger. It'll probably be like you know Cinderella time, but can't wait for it. Um, next match after that, the for, for the vacant SWA title. Um, it is. Mina versus Tekla. And this whole feud is basically is basically around these two have a uh, a curiosity and a interest in an attraction to each other. Um <laughs> and they're going to sell it in the ring. Um and it starts out and it's so playful and they're playing t- they're basically playing tag with each other and then they eventually in the ring and they start like throwing Bro, Thecla start or Thecla starts this match on yep. the top rope. Yes. Like she's like she's from another planet or she, something. She has she has almost too much charisma. Like she's super char- she's super charismatic, but she's at the same time she's also weird as fuck. Right. So like but I don't mean I don't mean in a bad way, like it is in I feel like this is the best way she's channeled it in stardom so far, and like so that means she's getting better doing it. But like they they're gonna like the domestic crowd is going to love her as a as a as a new type guy, top gaijin. Like I, I think they're gonna take to her very kindly. Obviously they already have with you know her previous history in Ice Ribbon and wherever else. Like and that's another thing, like when Prominence showed up, like when once once Risa like walked out where they could see the blue hair, everyone you can hear people gasping, like what the fuck are they doing here? <laughs> Sorry. Who are so, these niggas? Right. Uh, so, so Tekla, uh, Tekla and Mina, like, they, they start doing the playful thing where they're, you know, they're teasing each other. Uh, and then eventually they get in the ring and they start showing off that high speed stuff that they, they can do, uh, with each other. And then they start throwing elbows into each other's chest plates. And then, and then Tekla, she basically starts, she gets, she basically backs Mina up into the ropes. She starts throwing like these palm strike chops to her chest, starts blistering her, uh, Mina's chest up. Mina fights back. She's fucking uh, her up. Yeah, she was. Her, her whole chest was just lit up in red and blistered open. Um, uh, it looked like, uh, remember when Dangan Prime first came back and, uh, and he started getting chopped and you're like, yo, his anemic ass is, is getting, t- just, just looking like ground beef his chest. Same thing with Mina. So, um, they go back and forth, and it's really good. It's really good. I, I would have given this three and a half stars if they not, like, you know, did the goofy stuff at the beginning. But, like, I mean, it's at least a three and a quarter. I really enjoyed this, and I thought this is one of Mina's best singles matches. And Tekla, like, you know, just like when we first, uh, when, like, I figured that she was going to win this belt. We all figured this. And, like, I think that she can do some damage wrestling the mid-card of stardom. Because, like, that's what she'll be put up with defending this belt. She's going to have, I feel like she's going to have it for a while, and she's going to show and prove her value um, like being on these undercards pay per views, like being, you know, in the third match and the fourth match or whatever else in the mid card. Like I think she's gonna have a, she's gonna have a lot of really like m- middle three, high three matches. Yeah, um, this wasn't a on a preview show. We pretty much essentially said uh, Thekla will win. She would get the chance to kind of define herself with this belt in the promotion. Not worry about Mina at all. She's like, you know, she's always got something going on yeah um uh next match after that uh you ended up getting the uh tag team titles defended uh hazuki and kaguma versus mike and Hameka. um 
So it the in the final of the uh ten million yen paper pay per view, ten million yen tri- trios um final, uh it was Mahimipoi versus uh the top three stars, Suzuki, Kaguma, and Mayu. So they've already had a match where DDM won. So th- this is more or less a rematch with, you know, two thirds of it. So as, as they talked about, like a lot of this match at the beginning to start out was to get, was, uh, Kaguma trying to convince, uh, Micah to do the bearism. Uh, the match starts and Micah is actually like, she's like, I got something for you, sucker. Like you, so you're so keen on getting people into the bearism. How about I get you into the bearism and then I take advantage of it. Uh, so like she's, Micah starts it up and, gets Kaguma into it. Hameka's on the apron. She's into it. They go, Micah goes by Hazuki, who's on the, her, her corner in the apron. No one, no Trying part. to get Hazuki into it. Hazuki's like, can y'all fucking fight already? I want to do this stupid shit. I want to fight. What so, is this fuck shit? Like? Yeah, so they, they start goofing up. They say, so then they get into it with, uh, uh, with, with wrestling really fast. Um, and it, it was really, it was great all throughout. Like, it was, it was you know, I mean, it's basically like more or less the equal of uh, the previous tag match. It's just great wrestling. Uh, there's cool spots all throughout it. There's a spot in there where um, Hazuki hits the ropes and has uh, Kaguma in between her and between Kaguma's in between Hazuki and Hameka, and Kaguma basically like catapults Hazuki into the air. She's basically like a you know a, a co-breaker off of that. That was really cool. Uh, there's also a spot where um, they get Hameka up, uh, or they had knocked Micah out on the floor. Uh, Kaguma and Hazuki get up to the top row of the base. He hit like a diving double move onto Hameka. Micah makes a save um, while they're up on the ropes. And then by that time, she's fighting both of those two. Uh, she gets them and grabs them uh, for a double uh, second rope superplex. And then Hameka gets up, comes to, and it basically hit a, a Tower of Doom spot where one person superplexing, two, superplexing two people, uh, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, from that point, because uh, the legal people were uh, K- uh, Kaguma and Hameka, Hameka then uh, wears out uh, Kaguma with Lariats, his, his, comes off the rope and hits her with one that turns uh, Kaguma inside out. She goes and then uh, grab um, Kaguma to cover her, and then Kaguma basically, uh, hits her, hit, like, gotcha, inside cradle, small package, one, two, three, caught her slipping. Um, yeah. and Hameka, <clears throat> Hameka kicked at 3.1, got up, and grabbed Barb the ref, and put him into the corner, and then stomped his ass out, and was furious, and then argued with him outside the ring, and then she stormed off. I thought, I thought it was a great finish. The, um, the finish fooled me in, uh, or initially. I thought it went the other way, but then, like, when they got up, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Okay. Um, so Micah and Hameka continuing to prove um, what, you know, the answer to the question, like, what if The Undertaker and Kane were good? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Hameka is better than Kane, so I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to argue with you. I'm not, I'm not even going to go there with you. But yeah, like, um, this was, I, I, this I was like, an excellent like matchup you know of exactly. speed. And, sorry. I said, I like how you know exactly who I pegged to be who. Because, like, Micah, I have yeah. her as Undertaker. Right. Stoic wears black a lot. And then the other one was wearing black and red and is bigger. Yeah. 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 I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, 
uh, wasn't going to say. Yeah, like this was a perfect like uh, storytelling um, thing of like bigger or of a smaller, but more experienced, more skilled and fa- and quicker and faster versus just pure power and strength. And like they display both in size, in size advantage. Like it, it was a great tag team between two giants versus two quicks. Awesome. Um, I ended up going. Um, I thought about giving this four stars. I ended up going uh, three and three quarters. Um, I think I'm the same on that. Yeah. So, um, next match after that, white belt match, Sayakamatani versus Unagi in 18 minutes. I gave this three and three quarters. Yes, sir. I, it, it, it succeeded in every facet that you can imagine. Uh, the only thing that I, uh, and this also for the, this also be the semi main event. My thing for semi main event is like, uh, come up with your own matches. Cause like, this is, very similar to uh, the layout for the white belt match that Unagi had with Tam, but at least Unagi got herself a, a match she can go to when, when need be. She has a template to work on. So, because look, a lot of these wrestlers that are that are of the skill level or worse than Unagi, uh, or even a little bit better than Unagi, ain't got a template for a championship match. She ain't got one to even come up with to think of. But she was using um she was using her Blade Runners to then set up the Stretch Plum, which is very similar to what happened with Tam. Um, and I gotta say, like I thought, while I wasn't crazy about the first two, thir- first half of this match, I thought the closing stretch was sensational. Bro, um, the crowd was going crazy um, at the end of this shit. Like uh, the eel came to play, showed up with the fire gear on, like kind of like the red yeah. tint of what she normally um, wears. She, uh, I think that I don't think I know. Outside of Shuri, nobody comes up with new gear as often as her. Like, from last year alone, or since she started in Stardom, she has had one, two, three, four, five, six different gears since she started in Stardom. And that was, it's been like 11, or sorry, that's been like 13 months. Like, she had two different gears for uh, for the Grand Prix. She had a new gear for... Uh, her white belt match in November against Tam, and she had new gear here. Like, and they're all, and all of them are dope. Like, they're getting progressively better too. Um, yep. so yeah, like she, you know, if she keeps this up. She's gonna end up being uh, nominated, nominated for, for, yep, nominated for best dress. Yep. All she needs now is like a jacket or a robe to, to tie it all together. Because the one she had before doesn't really match what she, what she, where she's doing now with her gear. But once she catches up, she'll definitely be on this list. She gets herself a a robe or, or a jacket or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but- I, I like both of these wrestlers, so like I, you know, like th- these are two of my uh, handpicked ones. So, uh, Sai Kamatani gets her her first title defense. Very happy to see that uh, she fucking destroyed her with that Phoenix Splash at the end, though. We're getting uh, to it. So, I thought some of the striking at the beginning was kind of weak, but by the time they got to the closing stretch, this was fan fucking tasted. This closing stretch, Kamatani has her beat. She goes to the top rope for his Phoenix Splash. Unagi stops her and pulls her off the ropes and hits an inverted power slam. I believe it's called a, a dominator for two for two count. Unagi hit, goes to the top rope, hits a hits her frog splash finish for the win. Or sorry, for the uh, near fall. Uh, Unagi gets Kana, Konami. Uh, Unagi gets Kamatani up and goes for her double underhook made in Japan. Kamatani spins out. Uh, to escape and then hits a flash Rana. Unagi kicks at 2.9 and uh, Kamatani follows up with a spinning heel kick. Uh, Kamatani gets up Unagi for a star crusher. Unagi was playing possum and immediately escapes and gets Kamatani up for her modified Made in Japan. 
finish. Kamatani wiggles down, hits the inside cradle, and inside cradles them in one full motion into position to where she can get her up for the Star Crusher and then drops her with it for another great near fall. And then Kamatani goes to the top rope and hits a brutal spinning splash where she, like, accidentally comes down shin first on Unagi uh, for the win. Like, I don't know if it's because, like, uh, sometimes when Unagi, or when Kamatani doesn't, like, uh, hit it flush, like, she tends to, like, um, under-rotate or Unagi was too close compared to how she normally comes out, but, like, she came down shins first on Unagi and fucking murdered her, and it wasn't on purpose at all, but she mm-hmm. fucking murdered her, and it looked fucking brutal, and it added to the match for me, because I was like, God damn, she killed her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, like, this is the second best match of, uh, of Unagi's career, it went 18 minutes. Like, if you had told me 13 months ago that she could be out here having three and three quarter star matches and back to back title challenges, I'd have told you, ain't no fucking way. Like, she's progressed that much. Like, she Reading still has weird. Eel. She she really has some. Um, she still has some weird um, movement problems or whatever else. Like, she gets uh, she gets happy feet when she runs, but like runs ropes, but. Whatever she she has figured out a match that works for her that can be applicable to other people and like that's where we are now. Yeah, man, I can't wait till Rossi's mystery person is unveiled and the person that welcomes uh, them back to the or to the promotion is the eel. You know, Unagi Sayaka. You know, will be assessing whoever this is. <laughs> so, uh, semi event. Um, this match was originally supposed to be a triple threat match, a two-fall triple threat match between um, Mayu and Julia and Tam, where uh, the first two fall, the uh, winner of uh, the first fall was going to be move, be removed out of the match, and then it was going to continue to be a singles match until there's a winner, and uh, both people that won uh, the two falls were going to be uh, put into the main events entitled matches against the, whoever the Red Bell champion is by that time. Um, at both Summer Hall shows. Uh, Tam, like a couple hours before the show starts, they say that Tam, Waka, and Mai all have, uh, were physically uh, not in good condi- good enough condition to compete, which Nudge Nudge Drinks Winked is probably, you know, what you think it is. So because, uh, you know, like Tam and Waka and Mai are scheduled to wrestle at Corican Hall in uh, a couple hours. So. Um, you, t- you name me other playing other thing where you, you know, not con- conditionally fit to uh, perform. And then four days later you are like, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a nudge. Somebody, somebody, uh, it's actually not somebody. Matt Jack said that he beat it in four days also, or two days actually <laughs> just recently. So, um, yeah, so that stunk that they missed out, but, um, they ended up having between Mayu and Julia, I believe, uh, this might be their best match. I I kind of favor their uh, their Grand Prix match from last year uh, from a rewatch perspective because it didn't go 30 minutes. But um, this match was fucking excellent. Uh, this is one of the better matches in the history of stardom. Um, this match, uh, given the way that it was laid out in the template, it reminds me a lot of the Tam in um, Mayu match from October. That title match also went to a 30-minute time limit draw. Um... Uh, just a lot of it was taken from that, uh, and I had the same opinion uh, for that match where uh, they were headed toward, or for my for my opinion, they were headed towards one of the best matches in, in promotion's history. And then the draw happens, and you're kind of just like, well, uh, it, it leaves you on that kind of note. But um, after seeing, but for me, I had to watching it. 
and seeing that they were doing going through the, the beats of the Tam and Mayu match from October, I was like, oh, this is going to a 30 minute draw anyway. So I, I was I was already like, I already knew where it was headed. And then they kept headed there. I was like, oh, I'm not shot at all. This went to 30 minutes. I, I knew I knew it was going to 30 minutes. It was, it was the same exact match. Or not same yeah. exact match, but very much the same match. Yeah, I thought this was great. Um, the I, I knew it was a draw going in by the time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much just watching it and was like, yeah, this is pretty fucking good. And I was just about to say, here, take your four and a half stars and go. Yep. And then, like, it just got better. Like, and I was like, four and three quarters. Um, Mayu had this thing where she essentially just taps back into being the icon and it's like yeah i was hanging out for a year damn near but i'm back in a main event spot now and i'm fucking incredible so i'm gonna show it and that part with the blood like i had to rewind that like when i saw it it was like i that i was like this shit went to another level and then like you know it ended right after that and it was just like yeah it like 30 seconds later yeah, so Julia yeah. was awesome. Like her physicality is something to behold. Um, I'm still getting used to the look, but uh, like with the hair and all that stuff. But um, it's you know, weird whatever. because like she didn't ha- like so she had the hair when she came back. She had the uh, the Hanakamura uh, Rina Yamashita uh, emulate a black woman hair right um, when she came back, and then like. At the beginning of January, like she had her normal hair, like she like she was like brought back to 2020. I'm sorry, yeah, t- back to 2020, and then like she got her hair done again. And I was like, all right, well, that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how that works over there. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not I, 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 I wish I didn't have. I didn't wish I didn't have to see it, but whatever. That's I, I. I'm not. I don't have the energy to be madder about that because I don't. I don't know what they know and all that kind of stuff. Whatever. I'm whatever. I mean, um, she already dressing that as the police, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she did that too. A lot of um, questionable decisions. Yeah. So, but yeah, like this match is awesome. Like, um, Mayu kicks uh. Julia's ass for like the first five minutes of the match. Uh, Julia ends up answering back by uh, basically it was a situation where she actually like got us. She got um, by happenstance or by a reversal happened. Like she basically slapped on a submission on Mayu's arm and then basically even throughout the match, like got back to submissions on her arm. Um, they end up outside the ring. Um, they brawl outside the ring. The ref comes out, uh, trying to tell him to get back in the ring. Doesn't want to count them out. Doesn't even start to count. Julia throws him to the ground and then you, and then like launches off his back for a missile drop kick. Uh, they end up back in the ring. Um, uh, they also tease a, 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 um, they also teased a, uh, a 20 count by like my use of hinder with a, uh, a tombstone on the floor. Uh, Julie answers back and like hits her with like a off the apron, hanging off the apron, neck breaker. They, they make the count of 19. Uh, they throw head butts t- to their feet. Um, and then they go, and then there's a, there's a, a run where they basically no sell Germans, for, uh, German suplexes for like, like six of them, three a piece for each. Um, uh, there's a escape out the back door finish, uh, that Julia hits that Mayu immediately reverses. Like, it was very much like that Tam Julia match or Tam Mayu match from October, where like the, the head bust, the fight outside with the ref, the the head bust to the feet, the 
the reverse, the flash reversal pin that Mayu reverses, um, the soup, the, the run of suplexes. It, it was, I, I guess, guess that's, that's Mayu's like draw template. I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. Like the match was awesome. Um, and yeah, like it's one of the best matches of the year so far. Um, whether you like the finish or not. Uh, so yeah. Draws. Draws. So I thought last year was the year to draw. So no, it's going to continue. Know. They got more people they got to protect, baby. <laughs> There's going to be more draws oh. probably. Uh, so yeah. Um, body. Yeah. So my uh, body in ends up going up for a, a his a second rope moonsault. I don't know if that's a, a EO tribute or not. She used to do second rope moonsaults and it hits you with a big one for a finish. But uh, his second rope moonsault goes up. Uh, his a second one. But before she hits the second one uh, on the top rope, like she sits there forever because obviously, like to sell that you know the 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 the, the where's a battle also slash by time because I'm trying to get right to the draw, uh, the time limit. So she gets up and hangs up there and fights to get to her feet and and looks off balance and then finally hits it. And when she comes down, she lands with her waist right on Julia's jaw and uh, Julia gets split open on her jaw uh, and uh, Julia kicks. She's bleeding everywhere. They they uh they get to their they get to their knees and they throw I think they throw either headbutts or forearms into the bell rings for uh for inclusive finish. Um great match. One of the best matches of the year so far. Um so uh Rossi then says, you know, y'all went to a draw, so uh both of you get get the title shots on um March twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh at uh Sumo at the Hall shows. I think my I don't know what she said, but Mayu basically said, like, I'll take the last one. I'll take the last show. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what she said. She's probably like, look, I had you damn near beat, so I'll take the last one. You go out there and fight. Uh, you go out there and wear down uh, Shuri for me, and then I'll go, <laughs> I'll go take the belt, probably. <laughs> after you wear each other out. But, uh, yeah, uh, they shook hands afterwards, and they uh, went and going to the back. Um, so then the main event, the Red Belt... T- Title match: Shiri in her first defense versus Mirai, uh, the uh, the new incomer. Uh, in this match was power, power, and power versus this wrestler. And um, Shiri ended up working this to where she uh, she was overwhelmed at first, and then she wore over over time. She wore Mirai the fuck out. And then Mariah was holding for dear life and she kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and the crowd got behind her and started clapping in their cadence that Mariah wanted them to clap for her in. And I got to say, I don't think I've ever seen, you know, Shuri's one of the hardest kickers in the world. I don't think I've ever seen her kick anyone as hard as she was kicking Mariah. She fucked her chest up. Um, Straight up, bro. So This was a gang initiation. You want to be down with Donald Domondo? All right, you going you going to fight me, the world-class woman on another level, Shuri. Like Shuri was fucking bullying her, but she wouldn't die and Shuri like kind of loses focus and then Mariah like starts handing her her ass at a certain point in the match, but then yeah. Shuri's like, "Well, I'm Shuri and I ain't fucking losing." And yeah, then she fucked kicks. her up even more. And then kicks like, came out. And then the kicks come. I love when Shuri wait holds off on the kicks. I love it. Like that's street, she's street, like the yeah. biggest equalizer in wrestling right now. It's like once she start, once she, she wrestle you, like she also has a for, how she forms her matches where like she'll always take a big bump out on the floor on the apron too. Shuri, uh, after she starts, after she's already like got control of the match, she, like they give control back to her opponent. But like man, like 
Once some kicks fly off, it's just it's shit's on a different level. Like <laughs> just, just changes the fucking temperature of the room. Um, but yeah, like as you mentioned, um, Mariah kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and then eventually, like, um, Sherry just impressive. fucking took her fucking head to just, just took her fucking head off with a buzzsaw kick, got her up, uh, and start, actually started throwing some um back uh spinning back fist some uh, urikins and then sent uh Mariah over to the ring ropes and then she got behind her lifted her up and uh hit her with the uh one wing um emerald uh flosion and got the win um then they signed off um this was an excellent shot I, I ended up giving this uh, i don't know probably like four or four and a quarter i don't know but it went like 20 something minutes like over 25 minutes 26 yeah. minutes 27 minutes and like you know, like, this is somebody that, like, doesn't even have 100 matches, I don't think. Like, I have to look it up, but, like, this is... It was is, impressive. Yeah. Like, it was, this was great. Yeah. Uh, it Like, this is a woman that is, like, basically just a power wrestler that has the... Um, has, like, the, the stock setting yet, like, the young girl setting, and, like, we'll see what she ends up developing into with what she adds over time, but, like, she's not even close to fully formed, and she went out there with one of the best in the world... You know what? In a way, it reminds me of the uh, 2018 Grand Prix uh, final with uh, Utami and, and Mayu, where it's like, this woman has no business having a match of this caliber given her stage. Like, obviously, you know, Utami was only like, that was probably like her <laughs> probably like her fucking 15th match. But still, it was like of that level where it's like, you went 30, you went thir- damn near 30 minutes with one of the best wrestlers in the world. You had a great match and you held your own. And like, who knows what the fuck you're going to be in two years? Um, so yeah, Mariah has a career eighty matches. Uh, Krillu says, "Why didn't T- Tokyo Joshi Pro have anything for Mariah?" I can't answer that. I mean, okay, why didn't they have anything for Nasapoi? Why didn't they have anything for? Well, I mean, she was a mid carter in, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. We get my point. Like Tokyo Joshi Pro has like six really good wrestlers, and then the rest are like people that have some people have a clue, and the rest don't. Right? Like I think Suzume. And I think um, Arisu Endo have clues. I think like uh, like Palm Harajuku and um, like Raku and like Hyper Masao and some of them like they they're like comedy people are too far gone or not good enough or don't even have they don't even have a fucking clue. Like uh, Mina, they they didn't do nothing with Mina. They didn't do nothing with Unagi. I think a lot of it had to do with Unagi having her having a dislocated elbow and was out for a while. But, like, Nasapoi was somebody where it's like, I saw Nasapoi, the first time I ever saw her um, in Tokyo Shippro was against um, Saray. Right? Mm-hmm. And they, that was like a uh, that was like a damn near four-star match. They killed it. I'm like, why is this woman just a mid-carder? I know how good Tokyo Shippro, how much depth they have. She should be, like, at the top of the card. But that's not what they use it for. So, like, you know, um, they have... Uh, Miyu and Miyu's their ace, and Miyu beats everyone's asses, and eventually, like she'll, you know, she'll put over Yuka, and it'll feel great. Uh, and then, but it'll always come back to Miyu, and eventually, like Maki Maki Ito will end up beating uh, Miyu, and eventually, like hopefully, Mizuki will beat Miyu. But they just got a top six or top seven. Um, like I think Akari Noah is really good too. Um. But that's kind of where they have it at, and I don't know why they don't want to expand to that. I don't know why they like they don't. I don't feel like they push people in the way that that uh, Stardom does. But from what I've seen and from what I hear, but you know, um, 
I'll take the people that were talented that they didn't want to do nothing with in here. Like, Ass Boy's fucking awesome. Yes. So, yeah. Like, Mariah, I, I, a lot of people were like, were really high on her because I think um, Miyu has like a factor of just being like bigger than the other girls, right? Uh, and Mariah's way bigger than uh, Miyu, or so like they may have given her the push because she would have been like their Utami, but their Utami is now another Utami here. So, Not it no is more. what it is. Not no more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is gonna be the best show of the year for uh until at least uh what's it called? Until at least um revolution comes revolution. around. Revolution. Yeah. yeah. So um th- this is a good ass show. This is gonna be one I don't think there'll be fifteen shows better than this this year. Yeah, man. We'll see. So uh so yeah, uh I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, get those votes in for uh, One Issue Radio Awards 2021. Um, probably count those up pretty soon. I think we're coming up on maybe some type of light week at some point this month. So uh, we'd like to, yeah, appreciate it, Crutler. Um, yeah, uh, if you guys can get your votes in, check the link of the show uh, in the description. Um we got, like I said, close races and, um, you know, FOH draft still out there. Um, you know, we got a round number that it would be nice to hit that we're not that far away from. So uh, go ahead and uh, help your boys out. You want to hear the craziest podcast of the year? Uh, check that out. Payhip.com slash social suplex. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, uh, go to our Red Circle, my Red Circle and uh, drop us off a donation. Donations, gifts, all that. Um. Uh, and be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Uh, besides one, besides one nation radio, you have keeping a strong style, the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, Grumman Washes Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, Eight Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, and AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.